it's been a while since I've seen Fantasia, but I um I saw my my 15 year old and my 11 year old goddaughters were in the Nutcracker. I went up to Vermont and saw them on my birthday, and there's a bit of the Nutcracker that's in Fantasia. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'd kind of like to revisit, but I also have this thing in my mind where I'm like. Oh, it's so amazing, and I'm sure it's not gonna be. Yeah, that's the. Is it Fantasia or Fantasia 2000? I think both of them do, because the whole thing life. with the the whole thing with the mushrooms, which I'm pretty sure is pretty racist, um, is, is uh, part of the Nutcracker Suite. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, but, I don't know. I went through and watched all all Disney from beginning to end, just right. the animated stuff, and I was kind of amazed how weird. It started out normal. Well, right. I mean, seven guys taking care of one lady is not really normal right. either. Yeah. And then it just got weird with Dumbo, and yeah, it gets really, it gets really. What, weird. what number film is Dumbo? It's like four or something like that, right? Yeah, I think it, I think it's Snow White, Pinocchio, and I think it's Dumbo. I yeah, think that's it's okay. either three or four. Yeah, and then there's. Um, I forget what what it goes into afterwards, right. but there was a lull because of World War Two, where yeah. they just did like these weird, like almost like propaganda films. No, um, one was like a Mexican thing, like um, Trace Amigos or something like that. Trace Caballeros, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So you could see the quality go down, but they also didn't have uh, guys working on stuff, right? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Oh, yeah, this is for the Love of Film podcast. We might as well just go around and say our names so people can identify our voices. So this is Scott. I'm Greg. This is Bob. We're going to eventually get to our, our top ten list for 2019. This is the 5th of January, 2020. Um, I have mine because I've only seen 18 movies this year. Mm-hmm. But I did see nine of them in the theater, and I looked it up, and the average American sees between four and nine movies in the movie theater per year. Right. So I'm average. You're on the high end of average. So my top ten is a top five Mm -hmm. because I figured if I saw, let's say, 50 movies, this top five would have been in that top ten. Sure. Yeah. But I... I, I didn't bother picking my ten best movies because... Some of them were just movies I saw this year. Some of them were just movies I saw that, that don't deserve top ten status. Yeah. Do you know, because I know you keep stats on a lot of stuff, how many movies did you see in the theater last year? Um, in the theater was 212. That's it? That was, when you say last year, 2019. 2019. Yeah. So I'll, I'll run down my stats real yeah, yeah, quick because yeah, sure. I'm that guy. Because so. I knew that you would have it because I was like... I started to look through. Uh, I also appreciate your Lego coaster, by the way. Oh, you like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have another one if you want. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, I was like, I started to figure. Out, I'm like, I'm not. I don't have all this. I may start doing it this year because I've only seen one movie in the theater so far this year. So it's like early. Yeah, me too. Nice. Uh, was it's it the not same the same movie? one. No, no. <laughs> and it was the movie that I saw in the theater is. A 2019 movie, but okay. I just didn't. Get, it was the one 2019 movie that I wanted to see before this list. It it didn't make this list, but I was like, yeah. it might. So we'll see. Um, it, I saw Frozen two the other day. I, I, I um, thought you saw that already. Okay. No, I bought tickets for it. I have the Regal thing, yeah. which is great. And the only thing I don't like about it, and it's a minor annoyance, is so every time I buy a ticket, there's a fifty cent service yeah. charge. It doesn't cost you if they print it out at the theater. However, to do, do you have it? Yeah, yeah. 
uh, like, because I tried it once, and they're like, do you want to bypass this? I was like, sure. So they email the theater, but then you have to go to the theater and have them. It's in the manager's email, and the manager's usually not, like, around, and, like... Wow. Yeah. I'll pay the 50 cents. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and they <laughs> do it worth- that way on purpose. I'm sure they make it, like... Um, I'm sure they tell, like, the internal memorandums, like, we do technically have to do this, but uh, if someone comes up, just make it awful for them. Or they're like... <laughs> Or, you know, just based on how their employees are, they might be like, try your hardest to make this work for them. And that's just the employees. But uh, so anyway, your statistics for 2019. So total, I saw 406, everything. Right. In the theater, I saw 212. Um, Of those, my my list for the top 10 and the bottom five is 265 2019 movies. Gotcha. So then to break it down even a little bit more, there was... um, 100 and 131 widely released movies this year. Right. And then 117 limited limited release. Movies. Yeah. You saw all the wide release movies, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so last year I tried to see everything released in New Hampshire right. and I realized with my schedule and I, I don't think anybody can physically do it. Right. I mean maybe maybe if that's the if you old, don't if you don't work. If you don't work, yeah. or you make your vocation seeing movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. You might be able to do it. Right. But I I just know I will never, ever be able to do it. Yeah. So I kind of scaled back to do wide release stuff. And yeah. I told you guys this already, too, and I just don't recommend it to anybody. It was just Well, well you were also, and you guys would be more of the authority on this than me, you were disappointed in the movies this year, uh, by and large. It wasn't a great year for movies. It's weird, though, because I have a top... 20 this year that's yeah. like a solid top 20 i think i just saw way too much new stuff right this year to so my ratio to good to bad is really off like the the mediocre to bad mm-hmm. far outweighs the good stuff yeah whereas you guys probably i mean definitely you kind of filter through us a little bit oh completely yeah. i don't see anything that you guys don't if you guys don't specifically say, Greg, you will like this movie, right, I yeah. don't go. Right. Yeah. And I still can't figure out your... Yeah. <laughs> I think I have a better handle of, of his, just because I've seen more movies with you, and like I've known you for so long. Yeah, I, the, It's funny, because there's certain movies that I'll see that, you know, because a lot of people at work know that I go to a lot of movies, and they'll ask me about it. They're right. like... Did you like that? And I'm like, it's a complicated thing to answer. They're like, no, it's not either yes or no. I'm like, no, no. because it depends. I'm like, I don't know you well enough to right. say. I'm just like, I thought it was excellent, but I didn't enjoy it. I mean, that's, you know, actually, I'll wait till we get to the movie because I'm sure it's going to be on one of your guys' lists. But there's a movie that came out this year that a lot of people loved that I thought was incredibly well made. It's not on my top 10. I think it's an excellent film and I never want to see it again. Um, but that's just me. I, th- I think it's. I think we're talking about the same movie, Probably. and I won't mention anything. Yeah. But I think because of how you reacted to it in the yeah. podcast, and we'll get into it later. I absolutely avoided that movie because yeah. I'm like, if Scott feels this way about it, <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to watch yeah. this movie. Um, and I was surprised at how well it was embraced by the like the mainstream mm-hmm. like people. But like, I think we're talking about the same. Yeah, movie. but. Um, and that's the thing too is like because there's a few movies that I really like that like and I've said this on 
episodes of the podcast before. I'm like, ah, basically, Bob and Todd Hunter are the people that I can recommend this to. And I've got a couple other friends who are into that stuff. But I also... I think Michael Venn is starting to fall into that group. Yeah, yeah. Although, so, if it gets too dark, he won't go that way. And there are some, there are some things that I think, like, you and Todd appreciate that I'm like, uh, I, I get what you're saying. It's just, for me, it's... it's not, yeah. yeah. And yeah. My, my friend Walt, who lives down in Boston... Likes a lot of really dark. I mean, the the movie that I was talking about is his. It, he's like, oh, this is one of my ten favorite movies of all time. And I was like, I can I can understand that. I'm also never turning my back on you again now. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it, it was funny because you you know you said it wasn't a great year for movies, which there was a lot of crap that came out this year. But this was like this top ten was tough for me. I had to cut. A bunch of stuff that, like, in almost any other year would definitely have made my top ten. My top five is better than I think I've ever had a top five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since we've been doing this since 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I would put my top ten up against any other year. Because yeah. this, is, this is either the third or the fourth year we've done this. I don't remember. 2016, 17, 18, 19, This is four. Yeah. yeah. For you guys. And I think I was just last year. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh yeah, because we did it on December thirty first after right. having seen. It. And where's the new theater? It's in Salem, Salem, New Hampshire. It's so Rockingham yeah. Park, wherever that is. Yeah, it's it's right. It's in the corner behind the mall where okay. the old Sears used to be. So we should definitely hit that up sometime yep. in the next couple months. To here's my thinking, because I, I as soon as he said that, I was like Scott. You know, I was yeah. thinking well, we should work out a time, but I'm like. Do we want to go just to go, or do we want to go see something that we want to see? Go to Black Widow or something like that. Yeah, that w- yeah. I mean, that would be when good. When does that be- come out? Uh, it's March. March. Okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah, early March. Yeah, because there's only two MCU movies coming out this right. year. It's that, and then when the, we actually did Eternals, the adventure, Eternals. Yeah. When we actually did the adventure, there were so many times we went to check out the theater to, to see a movie we didn't really care about. Right. So with this one, yeah. let's, let's combine Yeah, that's, that's fine. And, 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 and I also think, too some degree what you see affects your how you like the movie, how you like the movie because yeah. we did the two so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about in 2016 Scott and I traveled all over New Hampshire and saw every, a movie in every single movie theater 32 theaters 32 I think yeah. and now they've just opened one in Salem New Hampshire so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're we're going to go down there to continue the adventure. Yeah, it is the most textural movie theater I've ever seen. Textural? Yeah. There's like, everything has a texture to it. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, it came to the creep. It's like, <laughs> it's, I it's, want my house to feel like a fucking werewolf. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. Like, I walked in and I was like, there's a texture on every right. surface in this place. And wow. I was like, that's unusual. Yeah. We haven't. The last time we went on an official adventure was the Manchester Junkies. Yep, which was see, like Spider Man. That was see. like eighteen months ago. Something yeah, like at that. least no. It was it was the first Spider Man. So that was three years ago. Yeah, Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, or, no, 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 no. no. Home, 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 Spider Man yeah. Homecoming. So which it was, was Spider Man One slash Six. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They just they they just I I was popped into Best Buy the other day and they have a Best Buy exclusive like four K four pack. It's Spider-Man Homecoming, Venom, uh, Sp- Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, and then Spider-Man Far From Home. And I was like, what a mixed bag of... Yeah. Well, because it's the four new Sony... Because well, they're it's all the supposed... Yeah. It's, it's spo- I mean, Sony's done all of them, but it's supposed to be the... They're all supposed to be in the same continuity, which is 
it's weird because the Spider the Tom Holland Spider Man movies are part of the MCU, and Venom and Into the Spider Verse are from the same continuity as that, but they're not part of the MCU. It's so weird how they do it. And there's Venom Two will be out this year because Venom One made a billion dollars, which is yeah. so bizarre that because it, it's crap. I liked it better than you did, but right. Um, I can't remember what streaming service has the Criterion stuff on Criterion. it. Criterion. They have their no, own. They just nah, talked about that before. I can't. I, I can't do it. I can't do any more. Like so, the only other option that you might have is um, Canopy or shoplifting. Yeah, the shoplifting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Barnes I don't recommend Noble. that. Right. I but. can't endorse it officially, but <laughs> but yeah, that is an option. Well, Canopy is a um, is a streaming service that you don't actually pay for. So it's part of a network of libraries. Right. So. Basically, the library's in front of the cost, and then if you're a library member, you yeah. can sign into it. Yeah. And a lot of Criterion is kind of filtered to that. I gotcha. But Criterion technically has their own. I just I just found out uh, yesterday, actually, from Jonathan Blakesley, who owns White Heron Tea, that they, they just released the five-hour cut of Vim Vendors Until the End of the World. Because oh, really? I was like, what did you guys do? He's like, oh, New Year's Day, we watched this. <laughs> I was like, where did you find that? He's like, Criterion. I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I don't want to, like, I'm not buying that much physical media anymore. Yeah, um, just ask to borrow it. Yeah, yeah I, sh- I don't know. I'm weird about asking people to yeah. borrow stuff because, like, I'm so worried about, like, ruining people's stuff. And also... Yeah. When I loan stuff out, it's basically like I'm giving t- this to you with the understanding I may never see it again. Yeah. So like I have to, it has to be someone that I'm okay with. I'm like I basically gifted this to you, whether or not you realize it or not, because I don't want to be angry at someone if they're like, "Ah, oh, my cat had kittens on it." Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Truth be told, you you gifted me a couple of CDs that you're never going to see again because I'm like I keep thinking to myself, I got to get those back. I think every CD I've given you, I gave to you though. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. That's pretty much because I don't generally loan music out, but I'm also one of those people. If I go to like a record store that sells used CDs and stuff, yeah. and I see a, a, a used copy of something that I love and it's like reasonably priced, I, I'm like, I gotta rescue this from. I'm like three ninety nine. This is worth more than this. I'll buy this and give it to somebody. Yeah. Um, I found a case to a James Brown CD that you gifted me right. a few years ago, and I'm like, yeah. Okay, I hope I hope he's forgotten about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's funny because way back when I used to keep like lists of I loan this to someone and I was just like I just don't want to live my life. Yeah. Like life's too short to give that much of a shit about stuff. It's coming from someone who has mass amounts of stuff. Like we're in we're in Bob's <laughs> library room which is, you know, meticulously organized and it's beautiful. Mine is just piles <laughs> in my apartment. Are you still downsizing? I am, yeah. yeah, a lot. But it was so it was funny. Like, I, I know I've talked about it at one podcast, but so when I went on my, I went on another West Coast trip uh, in the fall. It wasn't as long as the other one, but I had a friend watch my dog and my cat while I was gone, and she came by maybe a month and a half ago. She was like, "Can I come by and visit Zoe?" And I said, "Sure." And she came by, and she comes into the. The, the living room I have a big wooden display with it has like all my Marvel Legends figures on there and she's just like seems like the plastic people are multiplying and I was like <laughs> I was like oh no these were all here when you were watching they were just shoved in a closet and I, she's like oh wow it's a lot I was like alright let's just get this over with now she's like what I was like come into the bedroom and she's like what I was like alright now you're gonna 
go into the closet and turn to your left. And she's like, okay. So she did, and she's like, all I hear is, oh, wow. Uh, which it's, uh, that's where all my three and three quarter Star Wars figures, which yeah. it's vintage collection, Power of the Force from the 90s, the modern ones. There's probably about five or 600 figures wow. in there. Uh, and it's like built-in shelving in the closet, and they're just on there. And I was just like, and it's interesting, because even then, since then, I've gotten rid of a bunch, because there's a bunch of figures in there. Because people give me collections Sometimes on eBay, I'll buy a lot of figures, and I was like, there's three in here I need, and 12 I don't, but yeah. for that price, it's worth it, but, so, like, my, two things were, my niece had mentioned a couple weeks ago, she's like, I think I want to start collecting old Star Wars figures, do you have any extra lying around, and I actually did, Yeah. Uh, and I was, and I had been saving them for a while, but I tend to like just collect and save stuff. And I was just like, "You do? Yeah, yeah. it's so weird." This is the pile that I'm eventually going to get. <laughs> well, it was uh, no, like especially with vintage toys. When I come up, I'm like, "Well, I need a backup." I'm like, "Why do you? Why? Need why would I need a backup? Like, I don't need this one." I'm In case 40. your dog gets up there and starts yeah. like, no, but like, so I was just like, "All right, I gotta get rid of. I gotta get rid of some." So I was like, "Yeah, I sent her a bunch," and then my friend. Uh, Jenna, who had been watching the dog and had, had that, sh- she just watched the Mandalorian, and you know she's younger, you know doesn't have the same attachment to Star Wars, but she's like, I think I kind of want to start a collection. I was like, <laughs> I got some stuff that you can have. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, but that's like, you. I was like, first of all, <laughs> I don't have any kids, so <laughs> when I die, whatever. I was like, but also, they're toys. Like they're yeah. like, I'm like, there's no reasonable reason i have these to begin with as an adult so if i can share them with someone who will also get joy out i'm happy to do that yeah um but uh yeah that's awesome this isn't that organized either it looks like it but well it's it's, it's, it's in shelves (laughs) there's Uh, stuff is is put away alphabetically so that's organized yeah okay yeah and we'll we'll take a picture at the end for for the in front of the the record thing too so people can see how it's not organized yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, there's just stacks. I I guess my stacks are just more organized than yours, right. but that's my personal. Yeah, yeah. no, too. yours are stacks. Mine are piles. Because <laughs> yeah, eventually they landslide. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. It's yeah. just one of those things that it's how my brain works. It's it's funny because if I had like the shelving and had a room organized like this, yeah. it's very easy for me to maintain it. Yeah. But once it gets five percent messier than this, yeah. it then becomes eighty five percent messier yeah. than this. <laughs> that's like. That has been called. So yeah. that's like the biggest thing is like working new stuff into there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know if I buy too much stuff, then I'll have to actually get more. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, My thing now is when I bring, <laughs> particularly with media, bring stuff in, especially if I'm replacing something. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I got to get rid of the old version because there's a there was a new police box set that came out in 2018, which... Uh, it's not real. I mean, you know, the police have not recorded yeah. anything new since 1986. But so uh, they just wanted to remaster something. Well, it was the, so it's it's just the five albums, uh, which I have multiple times. But <laughs> and I also have the box set of the complete studio recordings, which not correct. It's not complete. But there was it basically. There's a sixth disc with all the studio B sides collected and they were on the box set before but yeah. they weren't separated by album and blah 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 so i but i found it <laughs> this is how scott justifies it it is how i justify no. it but i was also like all right i have each of these albums individually as well 
So I gave them to a friend yeah. of mine. Yeah. I was just like, here you go. Here Now you have all the police's albums. Uh, and then it's funny because I have a couple friends when I do that. They're like, well, why are you getting rid of this? I thought you loved them. I was like, I do. I have multiple copies. I got this new one. They're like, oh, so you're giving me the shitty ones. I'm like, I just gave you five CDs. Don't complain about what I'm giving right. you. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, I could have brought it to Bull Moose, but I know that. You like this band, or at least tell me you like this band. So. I always have it in the back of my head, the houseboat thing. So people that live on houseboats, it's like you bring something in, you have to bring something out right? kind of thing. Yeah, I don't follow that, but it's like that's that's something I kind of strive to do. Yeah. Is if you bring something new in, there's something here that you don't really need, so you can... I do that, but yeah. to the rule, the two now, which is like oh, if I bring good. anything in, i got to get rid of two things because I'm trying that's to downsize. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I have so much shit. It's also... Because I sell stuff on eBay, one like I really do resolutions, but I, and I had been getting rid of stuff for the last year, anyways. But I was like, all right, I need to list at least one thing a day this year on on eBay because I guarantee you, I can find three hundred and sixty six things I don't need, you know, just in my living room. Yeah. So yeah. I've been holding on to like four crates of CDs for you from yeah. whenever you get your record store. Yeah. Those are gone now. I'm just going <laughs> to... Well, I, 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 you had said that, and it was funny because like, I've had a couple people ask me, they're like, are you going to do that? I was like, as much as I would like to, yeah. A, I can't see how I would feasibly make a living with it. Yeah. I'm just like, it's one of those things like, I could still do as like a part-time thing. I was like, but I know with my free time, that's not what I'd want to spend my free yeah. time with. Um, you know, I might do like, I, I could see myself doing something like what Lost Coast does, but have it more towards like music and movies. Yeah. But I also wouldn't do that around here because I don't want to like hedge in on their, yeah. you know, what yeah. they're doing. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I had said, I think, I think I broke my own rule, but it was kind of like a, like a loose rule anyways. Cause I was like, I was going to do one worse but i actually when i was going through with the movies i saw i was like there's four movies that were just i mean i saw a bunch of mediocre movies but yeah. there was four movies that i was like did you round it up to five please just say no I, no i just four because <laughs> there were four there there are four that i have like a visceral reaction to that i was just like that was an awful <laughs> film and like because i've had some people ask me they're like Oh, did you see this? I'm like, yep, suck shit, don't see it. And they're like, so you, wow, wow, yeah. Which I don't, you know, I think movies are subjective, obviously, but yeah. like, there are certain ones that I'm like, no one should see this. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see a movie this year that was that was made poorly or right. poorly acted or poorly written. But I have two movies that I was supremely disappointed. What were those? Do you want to go any kind of order or anything to get this? Go. This one? Yeah. Okay. I have a top five, and then I have, like, an outlier, too, so... Top five worst movies? Yeah. All right, so yeah. you do yours. No, you should go first, then, because I only have two. Okay. And I'll run out fast. So, I can do, he can just do all five, and then we'll do... There you go. 10, 9, 8, yeah. 7. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll do... Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, you guys are going to be doing most of the talking here. My bottom two actually have Matthew McConaughey in both of them. <laughs> so, it's Serenity, which is the... Probably the weirdest. No, it's not the weirdest thing this year because I saw Cats. So it's it's the second weirdest thing I saw. Right, and it's just it's my. It starts really good and then it just goes like. Mind- That's the one where we find out it's a video game. Yeah, right? yeah. It just goes mind boggling, and it's just it was horrible. Like sitting through it, I don't walk out of anything. But this one was like, I I I. It was rough to get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Beach Bum, which was. I thought it might be okay, kind of, because it's Harmony Corinne, and I like Spring Breakers, but, like, 20 minutes into it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready for this to be over. Right. Oh, that's it, awful. It was, and Matthew McConaughey can do okay. 
I like I, I don't yeah. think I've ever been like really blown away by him. Right. But this one, both of these were like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> I mean, it was just like it was really bad and hard to get through. Yeah. Um, my next one is Ugly Dolls. Most of the animated stuff I have kind of like falls into the middle. I forgot that that was even a thing. I remember seeing the preview. But yeah. I was just like, who who wants to see this? Nobody. Nobody should yeah. see it. It was horribly, it's badly made. It's also a musical, which is horrible. And just, like, every box, like, usually these, I'm like, all right, I'm not the audience. This one, I'm like, I know I'm not the audience. There is no audience for this. Right, yeah. Nobody needs to see this. So don't don't have kids watch this. Right. Yeah. Uh, The next one was Child's Play, which was the the, the the remake. Yeah. Yeah. That had um, Mark Walker Plaza in that? Yeah. Yeah, and Mark Hamill did the voice. And of, yeah, okay. Yeah, Chucky. They did something to... That was in and out. That didn't last very long. I don't think, I think any of these lasted yeah. more than like two weeks. Um, that was just really bad. I liked the original Child's Play, and the last couple ones that they did, they kind of took a weird like satirical tinge on right. it. But the yeah. first one's not really that way. No, no, the first one's like a straight-up horror movie. Right. The yeah. second one's that way, too, mm-hmm. after they add like Jennifer... Um, Tilly, Tilly. Yeah. it kind of goes like satirical, and the, it's actually a decent series yeah. until this one. And then the last one is Aladdin. It, they Disney just needs to stop making live action stuff. Right? I mean, they're thank goodness they have two coming up this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't. Think, we couldn't think of what the other one was. One of them's Mulan. We couldn't think of what the other one was. Yeah, I, I do like that. Have you seen the trailers for uh, Regular Guy or whatever that Ryan, oh, Ryan yes. Reynolds thing where they're like from the studio? Free guy. Yeah, Free Guy. Free, Free, Free Guy. guy. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're like from the studio that brought you The Lion King, Aladdin, and Dumbo, Dumbo. twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's basically my bottom five. All right. I just yeah, Aladdin kind of squeaked in there. Yeah, and then. I don't know if you want to talk about cats, but I'll I'll talk about it briefly because I haven't because after we record when I go home I got to do my because I was like I haven't done a couple movies at the end of the year and I was like oh there's nine movies I need to talk about so I'm just gonna do <laughs> like a, a, like a, well because I want to start twenty twenty like right. this will be the penultimate like this will be this will go up this week and then the other one will go up a couple days afterwards just to kind of round out because and I'm gonna and I'm gonna throw um. Frozen 2 on there just because it was a 2019 movie and um, yeah I haven't talked about Cats I like the ones when you tackle a bunch of movies just, yeah, as, just as an audience member yeah. I, I, I do feel like brevity is like better especially like like I have something to say but most movies I don't have like a ton to say about right. them unless I really like them because even even movies I hated I'm just like ah it's not good blah yeah. blah 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 well there's sometimes when you'll do You'll do an episode that's three movies that I don't care about, and I still want to listen. Sure, yeah. I don't care about any of those movies, but if there's seven of them, you know, like chances, chances are something you're at least curious about. Gonna, yeah. yeah, cats is. I mean, I, and I'll. I was going to lead that episode off with cats because that is such a. So when I saw it, almost everyone in the audience was teenage girls, and they were there to make fun of it. Like there was oh, really? a lot of giggling, and probably ten people left at around the half hour mark because. Yeah. And so many people have asked me about because people are like, why did you go see it? I was like, well, I have a movie podcast, and, and I'm like, I'm it's genuinely free. curious. In, yeah. And I was like, and also, I was like, I have a free afternoon, and it's, you know, I have the past. So I was like, and I had seen the show a couple times when I was a kid. Even then, 
like I was like I can appreciate it, but I was like this is weird. Yeah. But like the movie is a different kind of weird and not a good one. Yeah. Uh, it's like I don't know who it's for. I have one friend, uh, uh, Will, who co-hosts the So I'm Watching This Show podcast, who loved it. Oh my god! Uh, but he likes really weird shit. Yeah. Um, it's just. I, it's weird because it's incredibly bizarre and incredibly boring at the same time. <laughs> it was like, I, I think I watched it with my jaw dropped the whole time. Yeah. Just because I didn't know what was going to happen yeah. next and what the hell I was seeing. Yeah. And I saw like Thursday, the opening night right. on Thursday. Yeah. So there was like a handful of us right. in there. And there was four right next to me. And they were, you could tell they were like um, theater kids from right. high school right. who liked this stuff. And yeah. they seemed to enjoy it. They weren't making fun of it. Yeah. But. It was just like, and I went in knowing it was going to be weird, and right. I just wasn't expecting how weird it got, how quickly. <laughs> yeah, and it's and, and it stays at that level. It's and and it is a weird thing about because the show is weird. It's a weird show, and there's it's a weird and, premise. Well, and there's no plot, and that's not me being negative about it. it. There is no plot. That's not what the show is. Yeah, but. It works in theater in, first of all... I know some of the songs, and some of the songs are, are Sure, yeah. but, but it's, it's, there, it's basically one after another, these cats will present themselves, and this is who I am, and then, because, and it's... This it's, is what I Yeah, do. It's, it's, ostensibly, it's a talent show where they're all trying to prove why they're the best version of the cat so that they can be reincarnated as a new cat, Um and that's all it is. It's a character introducing themselves, talking about themselves for three minutes in a song, and then you don't see them ever again, except for dancing around in the background. Um, which, in the theater, part of it's, these are theater performers who are dancers and professional singers. Yeah. So, and they don't, you know, they're humans wearing face paint and, you know, lycra costumes. So it's it's a weird thing. Even the, even the poster, the iconic poster <coughs> for cats, it's just the two cat's eyes, and the pupils are dancers. Um, it makes sense, but this—it's all just this CGI fuckery. And most of the actors in it are not singers, so yeah. they're singing memorably songs terribly, sometimes out of their register. So sometimes they've changed the key to the songs to accommodate people who aren't singers, and their faces are digitally put on like computer avatars. And, and they've said, "Oh no, there were real dancers on," but I'm like, it's been touched up so much that. Yeah. And it's also, you you don't get to see full dance productions because it's got such a weird frenetic editing, but also they're not real people that you're watching. So that like, the, it's an animation yeah, with like real people faces. Yeah. It's just <laughs> weird. And so many of these people, I was like, I feel so terrible for you that you're in this. So I'm going to skip that one. I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing is I can't. I don't want to discourage people from seeing it because of how weird it is. But the thing is, like, because uh, I know some people are like, oh, I, I'm hoping it's one of those so bad, it's good it's thing. Not I'm bad. like, it's not. Yeah, not it's not. It's because, like I said, it's really weird and incredibly boring. It's because it's almost two hours, and at the 45-minute mark, I looked at my watch, and I was like, oh, fuck, I got more than an hour left of this dog shit. Um, I do it, have a funny story. So yeah. I was sitting in the theater, mm -hmm. and I was watching it, and two bros come in, yeah. basically, and they're like, what seat are you in? I was like, um, D4. And they're like, no, that's my seat. And I look at them, and it's in the middle of the... I look at cats, and I'm like, you're not here for this movie. <laughs> they're like, that's my seat. And I was like, 
you're here for Return of the Jedi. That's like two theaters down. <laughs> They're like, no, no, this is my seat. And I was like, no, you really don't want to see this. <laughs> so I pull out my thing, I show him, and he's like, no, look at mine. Mine says the same thing. And I was like, what theater are you in? So they sit down, and then like two seconds later, like, oh, we're in the wrong theater. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there's no way you guys would even. Right. <laughs> yeah. Move along, Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the other movies that I despised <laughs> and, and 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 so one of them's gemini man uh which yeah, i uh, you ripped that one so yeah, i avoided that it's one you know and so it's time stop referring to angley as auteur angley because he's made enough terrible films that i'm like he's just a director he's what was his last good one um crouching tiger hidden dragon you know like brokeback mountain was that after? Yeah. Oh, then yeah. but that was like 2002, yeah, something like yeah. that. 18, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's like for a long time everybody was saying how great Jonathan Wu was. Right. What John, was his last John great Wu. movie? Yeah. yeah. John Wu. Yeah. yeah. What was his last great movie? Mission Impossible 2. Sorry, no, I can't even say that with a straight stop face. <laughs> no, but you got to go back and you've got to say, okay. Yeah, like better tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Face Off is a good movie, which yeah, it isn't. It, which it isn't. Uh, yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining. Um, See, I saw you. Did you see it in like the regular thing? Like, so the I Gemini saw Man? Yeah, yeah. So I saw it at high frame rate and 3D because I was just curious. So the CG must have been like atrocious. It was. Wait, I have a question. Weird. Did you go into 2019 saying I'm going to see every single movie released? Yeah. Okay, so it was your goal. So you didn't in June all of a sudden put this together. Hey, wait, no. I could do this. No, because I didn't. Because of last year when I tried to see everything and yeah. no, I couldn't. I mm-hmm. was like. There has to be some way that I can like try to get this checked off my list because right. I'm kind of a completist, so sure. it, mm-hmm. it was kind of nagging at me, and I knew there was no way I was going to see everything. Okay. Right. So I was like, there's got to be a way that I can try to do something this year that gets close to that. And I was like, so I pulled up all the wide release, and I was like, the amount of movies I see anyways, I mean, it's not going to be that hard. I went back and there was maybe 10 or 20 from last year that I missed. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was something in my head that I was like, all right, I can see everything. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't, so there's, in other words, the reason I'm asking for the audience is there are movies that you saw for this goal versus because you wanted to see them. I would have seen Gem. So without this goal, I probably would have seen Gemini. Okay. But it's for two reasons. One, because of Ang Lee, and I don't hate Will Smith. And two, it was the first one that AMC did in a high frame rate with 3D. Okay. So it was a different format to see a movie in. Yeah. So there was a bunch of things that kind of checked different boxes to see it. Because I wanted to see it a second time, just in 2D, to see how it like compared. Yeah. Because it, it felt like, the way I saw it, it felt like you were watching video game cutscenes most yeah. of the time. Right. I also, like, for me it was, because I didn't have the same goal as Bob, I just, it was something that I was like, that could be interesting, and because I, I also... Well, it's different because you see things for the podcast. Sure, but right. I was also, yeah. I was tentatively kind of looking forward to it. Um, I was like, this might be good. I like, I generally like Clive Owen, he's awful in this film. Um, and I, oh, yeah. despite the fact that most of what she does is not are not great films, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, yep. too. I do, too. And she's, she's wasted, wasted in this. It was just... And Will Smith is one of those guys, clearly he can act when, when given the right material. And, and you know, <sighs> when we saw Suicide Squad a couple summers ago, uh, which we did not enjoy, but I was yeah. like, Will Smith was the best part of that movie. Yeah. 
Um, and and, I still don't remember. Yeah, and Margot Robbie was decent. Like I, I'm looking more forward to the new one, Birds of Prey. Yeah, I think it's also going to be a trash fire. I don't think it'll be as bad, but <laughs> she I'm just, just looks like she's having so much. Fun yeah, in that role yeah. I and and I like Ewan McGregor, but whenever he does oh, American he, accents, gonna, it's going to be terrible. Um, just from what I've seen, yeah. I'm like he's going to be horrible. But there's things. there's a hyena in it. So I'm in. Uh, and then Glass was another one that I was very hopeful from Split. I was like, cool, he's 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 righted the ship and he's going to you know tie this all together. Yeah. And it just wasn't. I was all set to see Glass and you saw it just before me and, and just hated it. I hated and it. I didn't bother since. I didn't dislike it as much as you yeah. did. But yeah. well, was it the last like five, ten minutes? It's like. You just ruin, almost ruined this whole trilogy. Right. And it's just, I was just like, because Split, I, I went into it not, like, I, I found out, like, the day before yeah. that it was M. Night Shyamalan. Because they were, rightfully, they didn't hype that up because he had had such a spotty track record. Right. And that surprised me how good it was. And they also kept the fact that it was linked to Unbreakable a secret. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was, was really good. cool. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I like what he's doing, and I'm interested to see what he... And I, honestly, I the think... The trailers for Glass look good, too. Yeah, and yeah. it's not. It is yeah. awful. And, uh, it, it, you know, having said that, you know, James McAvoy did a fine performance again, and pretty much he everyone else does. was wasted. Yeah. Um, even, even Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis were... Not not great. Yeah, they were like they didn't do those characters which they had played before Justice. Um, I mean, James McAvoy was even good in X Men uh, Dark Phoenix, uh, yeah, or just Dark Phoenix. But then because X Men Dark Phoenix, well, when it was released theatrically, it was just Dark Phoenix because they were trying to differentiate it from it. But then because that didn't work, but it was on home video, they re released it at or they released it as X Men Dark Phoenix. But it was also the end of the. Was it wasn't supposed to be when they made it, but then Disney acquired 20th Century Fox, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna start over." Um, and then you know, and I talked about this on uh, the podcast before, but I also saw Jexy this year, which has the <laughs> distinction of being the worst film I've ever seen. Yeah, it is garbage. You um, saw that recently, didn't you? Within the like last within the last like three or four months, and it was, it was and part of October. it. I will yeah. say part of it was I was supposed to go see the 40th anniversary cut of Alien in the theater. Yeah. And when I got... Left. <laughs> oh, That's right. They screwed up the times. They screwed up the times, yeah. and it was the only showing of it. And I was like, I'll wait, and you can run it again for me. And yeah. they're like, yeah, we don't do that. I'm like, your fucking website says it starts at this time. They're like, eh! Was that salt Regal is salty. Again? What's that? Was that Regal again? Yeah. 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 Um, so I was like, what's playing right now? And they're like, Jaxi. I was like, okay. Which which one was that? Who was in that? I uh, Adam, Adam Methapa. Yeah. Um, Rose Byrne does the, the voice she's of. She's in everything. She's in everything, and yeah, I just I just pre bought my tickets for that movie that's going to be terrible, like a boss, just because I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, because that'll be my first 2020 film. Because for whatever reason, 1917 is not playing in Portsmouth this week. Yeah, it's uh, not, it opens on the 10th. It does, but it's they don't have it. It's, Regal doesn't have Regal it. Regal doesn't have it, or at least they haven't released showtimes for it. But they've released other stuff that's coming out that week. So I'm seeing the Try un, I'm Wednesday. See, yeah, yeah. Well, they have all the other showtimes for that week because I'm seeing underneath on Thursday or underwater yeah. on Thursday, which also probably won't be good. But I like Kristen Stewart. Yep, and she had a really good, she had a decent year. Last she had a decent year. Um, but yeah, so um, 
You can do you do your was that all four of that, that was all four of them. Do your do your two Bottom disappointments two. and then go right into your ten because we're already forty minutes in. I uh, know you guys go into your ten because I've only got five. Oh okay. Oh, so I I didn't have I didn't see because of you guys, I didn't see any bad movies. I just saw two that stuck out at me as being really disappointed. And the first one was Marriage Story. Everybody was talking about how great it was, and I, I sat down to watch it. Granted, I wasn't in the mood for it, sure, but I still sat down to watch it because I wanted to, <laughs> to be able to contribute to this podcast as much as I could. Right. And it just, first of all, the title's a misnomer. The story isn't that Could have been called This Is Not A Marriage Story. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, the, I mean, I'm spoiling the end of but I don't care. Every single minute of the movie, they're not married, and they never get back together. Right. And you don't care. You don't care that they're not together. You don't care. It just, for all the hype that it got, the performances are good, but it's it's Scarlett Johansson's third best performance this year, I thought. And it just wasn't interesting at all. It's not one of those movies that in 10 years people are going to be talking about. Right. In five years, in two years. It's just one of those ones that will be forgotten. And I didn't understand the hype. That's why it's on my list. I think it's Bowenbeck's best film. That's, I, yeah. It may be the only film <laughs> I've ever seen from him. but It's certainly um, up there. What's the other one? The other one you enjoyed is The Dead Don't Die. Yeah. And no. I, <laughs> Neither one of you enjoyed right. it. Yeah. N- neither one of us. My daughter hated it, and everyone in the theater that we saw <laughs> Which it daughter? hated it. Jamie. Jamie, yeah. And it's one of those things where, as you and I are getting to know each other over yeah. these years, it's there's no way I would have walked out of that theater and thought, Bob will like this. Right. <laughs> I just would have never put that together. And it's 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 on this list because there's no one I can say, hey, you should see this yeah. movie. Yeah. There's the performances were great. It was shot really well. It just it was ridiculous. It, it was funny because I also didn't like it and it was also exactly the movie I expected it yeah. to be. Because and I've I, I was just talking about this to a friend yesterday because they're like, "Do you see that movie?" I was like, "Yep." And they're like, "Is it just like a laugh riot?" I'm like, "Nope, not at all." I was like, "It's boring," and they're like, "Oh, so it wasn't what you expected?" I was like, "No, it was exactly what I expected." It wasn't what I expected because I enjoyed the first twenty or twenty-five minutes to it, and I thought, "This is this is nothing. This is ridiculous." Yeah, it gets so I I have a weird. I don't know if I talked about this on here, but I saw it twice. Basically, what the fuck? well, I saw the first twenty minutes twice. And wow! Then, and then went to see it. So I started started at an AMC for the first twenty minutes, and then I had a thing that I an emergency that I had to leave. So then the next day I saw it at Red River, which mm. is a independent theater. Yeah, and the audience I saw with at AMC was not into, into it. it. But Red, Red River tends to be into it. Yeah, I- anything that they're playing. Yeah, anybody that. Well, that's not true because they. They have a lot of members that will see everything, right? Yeah, and they tend to the the crowd there in general tends to skew older, anyways. Yeah, they do. This one was kind of it skewed a little younger. Yeah, um, but I've th- never seen a Noah Bombeck movie before. Really? That's not even Squid Squid in the Whale. Nope. Huh. So uh, I can't say whether it's his best yeah. one or not. Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's probably my favorite movie where someone uh, wipes semen on library books. <laughs> yeah. I hate the Squid in the Whale. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan, yeah. but um, see, I went in 
to Dead Don't Die. Like I knew exactly what it was. It was satirical. Oh you're, yeah, you're you guys are familiar with the filmmaker and his movie. Yeah, and, and I've told people, you know, because some of the people they're like, so it was exactly what you expected, and you didn't like it. So why did you go? I was like, well, I like supporting independent filmmakers yeah. and stuff like that, and I. I appreciate Jarmusch more than I like him because he, in 36 years of making films, I love exactly one of his movies, and that was his last film. Um, I appreciate and was it was um, last one? only lovers left yeah. alive. Yeah, um, I appreciate and or enjoy probably five or six of his other films, and there's other ones that I'm like, I get this place in independent cinema's history. Yeah. I, I don't enjoy it, it yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I reckon, and I'm, some of them, I'm like, it's not for me, and that's fine. Yeah. But um, I'm just yeah, glad he still makes stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah. and I was just like, I will go in and see movies like that just for the simple fact that like it's it's box office money, so that like he can continue, he and yeah. other independent filmmakers can t- continue to do stuff like that's, that. Yeah. That's the thing. I have no problem with him continuing yeah. to make movies. The trailer was misleading. <laughs> I got taken. Right yeah. and. I, I won't he's gonna he's gonna win me back <laughs> the other one with this is like I like Romero stuff right. even like how cheesy and campy it was mm-hmm. and it's just Jarmish basically channeling Romero as like a swan song like right I really enjoyed what you're doing I'm gonna make this for you right and I think Romero would have loved it too. oh I think so yeah. too I think so too and that kind of what plays into yeah. I mean it did make my top 10 it was like yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was like 7 or 8 yeah. but yeah but it, 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 this there hasn't movie, been a movie in a long time that I've enjoyed less than, than, right. than The Dead Don't Die. That left a mark. Yeah. So what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is uh, Knives Out. Okay. So my top 10 was pretty, uh, the top five was pretty locked in. And then the bottom five kind of like rotates. So technically I have like a top 15. Right. And so this one just kind of went in there. I love Ryan Johnson. I don't like Last Jedi. I think that's his worst film, sure. truthfully. Yeah. But it, he's just, uh, with this one, he comes back to form. Yeah. He, he likes taking a genre and just like kind of running with it. Yeah. Right. And this is his, uh, I, it was just, it's not perfect, but this year I think it was probably the best detective story that there was made. Sure. That's the one movie this year that I, I wished I'd seen, but it was like. You should see I, it. It's still fun. Yeah, I will. But like it's it. like. Do I make the time to go see it just so I can have a top six for the podcast? Sure, or do yeah. I just wait until? I think yeah. I think you would enjoy it, That's especially. What, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Caitlin said the same thing. There's uh, definitely some twists and turns in there that are like okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I I I know Looper of his. I don't know if I've seen anything else, but I enjoyed Looper. It's he so twenty minutes too he, long. But. He did uh, a movie called Brick, which is excellent. He I like that he also he has kind of a a. a a stable of actors that he'll use multiple times. Um, he uses Lucas Haas a lot, and there's the guy who's been in all his films. I, th- I can't remember his name, but he was like Boy Blue in Brick, and he was an X-Wing pilot in Last Jedi, and he was one of the, he's one of the cops. He's the partner of uh, uh, Lakeith Stansfield oh, okay. in this, yeah. um, and he was one of the guys in Looper, but yeah. And uh, I love The Brothers Bloom, too. That's yeah, a really that's underrated cool. film. Uh, great Mark Ruffalo, Adrian Brody, and what's her name? The Rachel Weisz. Not Rachel uh, Weisz. Well, Rachel Boom. 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 Yeah, Boom. <laughs> yeah, she's so great yeah. in that movie. Um, I always he did he, a few episodes of Breaking Bad. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think of um, blood on shirts whenever I think of that. Yeah, and anytime I see it, I'm like, oh, it's turning brown. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just a weird little yeah. thing. Um, did you have anything more to say about Knives Out? No. I, is it on yours? 
It is, yeah, yeah. It's number nine on mine. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, you know, I basically feel the same way. I really enjoyed it. And I was glad to see, like, I was glad to see that, like, he was kind of back to form after The Last yeah. Jedi. Um, and, and hopefully, I mean, truthfully, I don't really care what, Star Wars fans think of Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker. You can feel ha- about yeah. that film, whatever you want, but you know, some people, because I, I saw a couple things online where people were like, I'm not going to go see it because he ruined the last Jedi. I'm like, well then you're not a fan of his movie. Like you're not familiar yeah. with his stuff. Right. I just don't think he was like, I don't see his style in the last Jedi. Right. I mean, there's, there's touches like yeah. at the very end with the kid. Right. There's like little touches where you see him come through. Yeah. But I just don't, I think Almost anybody could have stepped in yeah, for that, for sure. And I don't know why they kind of. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting in the next twenty years or so how the Last Jedi f- figures into like the the, the overarching S- Star Wars yeah. story. Now, and I don't mean the narrative story, but like the popular <laughs> culture story. Yeah. Um, my number ten was the Lighthouse. Um, I actually thought when I saw it that it was going to be higher up on the list, and. I, there are things I loved about it, you know, and I talked about it on the episode. Yeah. At, um, you know, me and Michael Van talked for like an hour and a half about it, so I'm not going to go on too much about it. But it, it did stay with me long after. And um, two great performances by two actors who I think are very solid actors, but I don't particularly like either of them. Like, yeah. not as actors, but like as like as people, like they unsettle me and which was like, and they both played really unsettling characters or, or character. Or, I, almost, uh, I almost took a chance at the lighthouse. Is there you, universe where you'd think well, no, Greg might no, enjoy this? No. So, I, I read the, the, the premise for it and I was like, this just doesn't feel like me. I think it'd be way too dark for you. Yeah. It's pretty dark. It's just them um, going crazy in a lighthouse, right? Yeah. Kinda, basically. Yeah. And there's a, you know, mermaid genitalia. Okay. Yeah. Um, see, so for me, I, I like the performances more than the movie, right. which is kind of like just, that's, that's how I feel too. Like yeah. I thought the performances were great and I love the way it looked and I love how claustrophobic it was. Yeah. And there's one theater, it's, it's the number 15 at Regal that during the wintertime, the heat always breaks. Cause I saw shape of water two years ago and they're like, just to warn you. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> I think that's where I saw it too. Yeah. And I had to wear my coat. Yeah. And the lighthouse, they're like, the heat's not working there. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And they're like, mm, there's something wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> Depending on the movie. That's yeah. the theater I saw Neon Demon in. That's yeah. That's usually when there's like a weird art thing playing there. They're like, we're going to stick it down there. It'll be here for two weeks. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, so do your number nine and then do your number eight. Because I already touched on my number nine. Yeah, so my number nine is uh, Jojo Rabbit. Okay. I think this is probably, uh, I think it's Scarlett Johansson's second best movie this year. I would agree. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. this It definitely went way darker than I expected it to do. The mm. first half is. Which is weird, because you usually expect dark. I do, but not from Taika Waititi. Yeah. Right. That's the yeah. other thing, is like, I've seen all his other stuff, and it's always like, joyful and funny and playful, and he goes a little dark. Yeah. But this one, like, halfway through, he just goes full-on dark, and I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of showed his range. Yeah. So, I mean, he starts, like, really hilariously and just kind of slowly gets darker but and it was, darker. I mean, it was still, it made... Did it, you see it? Yeah, it made my top five, which means it would have made my top ten, depending yeah. on, on what I saw and the very beginning when he's psyching that little kid up yeah. and the little kid's running through the neighborhood, hail Hitler, hail Hitler, yeah. that's disturbing. Yeah. You know, I still I mean, find it hilarious. Yeah, though. it's funny, but it's like, 
Oi. That's that was hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I I really didn't see like the ending coming. Yeah. As much. Right. Which is for me that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Not not seeing where it comes from. I don't remember if we talked about Thomas and Mackenzie last year because of Leave No Trace, but she's oh, one she's, of those actresses yeah. I can't wait to watch her career. Right. Yeah, she's, yeah, gonna, she's be gonna be amazing. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it was the same person till afterwards and then I was looking at it. I was like that's why she looked familiar and why she's yeah. really, really good. She was she was on the cast list, and I was like, I know that name. Where yeah. do I know her from? And really, I went to see it for for her. I mean, the, the trailer looked great too. Yeah, yeah, that was that's such a great. It movie. was my favorite Rebel Wilson movie of the year that I saw, uh, and I, <laughs> I the decade. I do not like Rebel Wilson, but no. she was perfect in that. Yeah, and ah, uh, fucking Sam Rockwell is so great in that too. But I mean, he's even in stuff I don't like, he's good in. Don't have you seen Dark Water? Not Dark Water. Um, I did see Dark Water. No, that's not the one. Richard Jewell. Have you seen Richard no, Jewell yet? No. I can't Didn't recommend. Just come out um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a yeah. It's one. it's yeah. the second lowest box office performance of Eastwood's career, and it's right. That had to do with the uh, Olympic bombing. Yeah, right yeah. Now. You were saying it wasn't great, and I was doing some reading about it last night because I didn't realize because they're they're not happy about how he treated the female, like handled the female reporter, especially because she's a real person where John Hamm's character is not. Um, and they're like, but Eastwood has a history of having like, he doesn't think highly of women anyways. And he, and it was basically him like continuing a a trope of, you know, but the weird thing is, is Olivia came to his rescue. Like she agrees with his decision. Sure. Yeah. But that's not even like the worst. It's just boring. You're right. I mean, Sam Rockwell, and usually I can watch him in anything. In this, it was like it was like pulling teeth. Yeah. I mean, it was just I was just bored all the way through, and I was yeah. like, "This isn't interesting." And I think he just needs to stop. I mean, the Mule last year was was entertaining. It wasn't great. Right. He got some good um, performances from everybody, himself included. Right. But this one was. I was expecting a little bit more. Um, what's your number eight? Uh, motherless Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, you like that more than I did. Yeah, yeah. I, it was one of those ones where it's just like I wasn't expecting much, yeah. and I I think I saw the trailer maybe once. I probably heard it like thirty times. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't really change it, but Ed Norton just kind of he he went back to form, kind of like sure where he started with Primal Fear, right. And then the soundtrack on that. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a scene where they actually play it backwards. Yeah. Where he's discovering. Yeah. And the cinematography in there, Bruce Willis isn't overly used, which right. is good. Right. And just the way it kind of unravels was really good. There was all stuff that I liked. Like, I didn't hate it. It was in the top 50 movies I saw this year. <laughs> um, I saw, like, 67 movies this year or something like that. But... I also, like, I heard about it because he was on a bunch of podcasts all within a couple weeks of each other. And the thing, because I listen to so many podcasts, and if they're, either it's someone who I want to hear them talk, or it's a podcast I listen to and like the conversation, I'll tune in. And a lot of times, different podcast hosts will get different things from the same guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just, he stuck to the same script. But uh, he would basically steer the conversation to towards what, I, what he needed to say each yeah. time. Which I get to some degree and I can appreciate, but also I'm like, you've got to realize that there are people, like, podcasts are different than talk shows 
where they have specific audiences and podcast right. people just kind of just, just give a stump speech, yeah, right. Yeah. And also, there are going to be people who do what I did, and they're like, "I'm going to see what Mark Marin gets out of him," yeah. as opposed to Chris Hardwick, and then you're like, "Oh, the same thing." And that's no fault of either one of them because he they would like start having a conversation, and he kept steering it back yeah. towards these points and and stuff that sounded off the cuff the first time you're like oh no this is this is rehearsed and whatever whatever because not only is he the writer director and star but he was one of the producers and yeah. he needed to do what he needed to do but it sort of took the I, I i was less interested in it going into it than i could have been i mean it was weird because like i people win me over all the time like i was tentatively excited for the uh, Warcraft movie because Duncan Jones, it was a passion project for him, and I like wanted to get behind it and be like, cool, I'll check this out. And then it was just we left. I don't know minutes into it. Yeah, yeah like it, we probably gave it ten minutes, and yeah. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to make his other other movie. moon. Yeah. Well, no, he just needs. Yeah. Oh, because his the thing that he did with Paul Rudd and uh, Justin Thoreau was ugh. Yeah. Um, I forget what that was. Yeah, that was a Netflix thing last year. Scarsgard too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he had like if he can get back to it, I think he has another good movie. In yeah, because Source Code was really good too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my number eight's Midsummer, and it was one of those. Uh, th- this has been a weird year for movies because I was this and you know the other movie that'll probably come up at some point. Um, I would imagine it's on your list, but I might be wrong. Uh, and if not, I'll talk about it at the end. But um, I'm surprised at how many mainstream audiences like like embraced Midsummer. Really? Yeah. You, you that doesn't surprise you? I truthfully, you read more right. about movies after. I'm just talking about like people that I know who saw it two and three times. They're like, "Oh, oh it's really? great!" I was like, "It's very well made. It's." dark i mean it's not visually dark it's like almost almost uh, all that's set in daylight yeah. um and but it's i mean it's disturbing um i'm just i was disappointed i didn't get to see it a second time when the director's cut uh, yeah that's i have a real problem with shit like that especially because he has final cut yeah so i'm like the first time you released it was your director's <laughs> cut so this is a ploy to get people to get in to see it a second time um I, if it wasn't for the runtime, I probably right. I wouldn't really. Yeah, that, well, that was the thing because it was originally like two and a half hours, and it was like it, it, he added, I think, twenty five more minutes yeah, so to it's it, close to three. And I'm just like, ah, that's what home that that's what home video is for, or I don't know, like that's what like twentieth anniversary, ver- yeah. like a movie that's been in theaters for six weeks doesn't need a director's cut. So you know what's weird about that is that's the second movie this year that had director's cut in the title. So I don't know why it did it. I didn't really look into it because I didn't really care. Yeah. But the current war was always called the current war, the director's cut. Well, let me ask you this, speaking of. So the 20th anniversary movie is going to be released, you know, with all the whatevers. That that doesn't exist anymore. No, You're really. not going to release a movie in 20 years. It's not going to be in physical form anymore. So this is the way that they get you to, to come back and see it again. Maybe this is right. the... How the what what the age we're living in now? Yeah, I think it's they're reshuffling the bonus features because yeah. because physical media is not really right. there There's anymore. Be no way to hype a movie in twenty years. I mean, I think there. I do think there's there will still be a physical media. How how that works, I don't know. But right. it's weird because like film scores in the last five years, especially vinyl limited releases, has blown through the roof. 
I think it's it's a little because I see every week because you know I still go to the record store every Friday to see what's yeah. coming out and I look through the vinyl bins because a lot of stuff only comes out on vinyl now, particularly re-releases of stuff like this and sometimes it's scores that have never been physically released yeah mono and, does so much stuff now oh yeah yeah but it's uh and a lot of them have commissioned artwork that's brand new for the release yeah. and they're like limited edition 1200 worldwide and they're like it's 48 dollars for a double record and i'm like <laughs> i saw that for like goblin or something I was yeah like, all right somebody will buy this yeah <laughs> well, i'll wait till it goes in the clearance it, it, it's like it, so many collecting things you're not buying you, the price tag isn't so much for the tangible thing but like the idea of what yeah. it is and the fact that it's limited people are like i've got to get it doesn't matter that it's 50 dollars. Yeah, i'm just yeah. which is funny because i've definitely been part of that for a long time but i've never been precious about additions of vinyl i'm like if i own something on vinyl it's because i want to listen to yep. it and i don't need 10 copies of it i don't because i have friends who when a band releases four different color variants they buy all four of them and they're like i'm gonna sit on this for a while and i was like so you can sell it to someone else who's obsessed with this band and is angry at you that you got because there was an album that you know my uh, my friend's band cave in they put out their first album in nine years this year and they did four color variants and you know they did pretty limited i think they did i think the black one has 1500 copies and then each of the other ones was like three or four hundred copies yeah. but an hour and 10 minutes into it being available for pre-order, all the colored ones were gone. And, and I'm part of a closed Facebook group that's dedicated to the band. So people yeah. are like posting screenshots of got this, got this, got this. And I'm like, you're fucking greedy. Like whatever, whatever. Cause I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, you're bragging to people who also would have liked to have this. And I'm like, such a weird thing. I'm like, I'm just, you know, I have it on, black vinyl and i'm fine that's the only copy i don't need because yeah. someone's like hey i got an extra copy of this you want to buy it like i'll just sell it to you for because i think they were selling them for like 18 dollars. he's yeah. like 25 plus shipping and i was like nope and he's like i thought you wanted it. i was like i do but i already have it now yeah. and i don't need it and i was like if i see the band live and they have, and they one. have one i might buy it and then gift my other copy to another friend but i was yeah. like first of all most of the money is going to the, like, I know these people personally, and I also know that, you know, 20% of it is going to my dead friend's family, you know, so I'm just like, I'm not giving you money for it, but I don't know, it's just, it's it, yeah. it's insane how the it's vinyl market is. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your number seven? Um, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Never even heard of that movie. <laughs> Well, I stream it somewhere. Yeah, because I told you it was streaming. And oh, that's right. No, you did yeah. tell me about it. I was like, yeah, I don't know what that is. I couldn't. I read a couple of things on it. I'm like, what is this movie about? So it's basically about um, it's these two black guys that that live in one of the parents' houses. Yeah. But he's obsessed with this house that he grew up in, and he his grandfather built this house. So he goes over there, and he's basically the caretaker. But he's the caretaker, even though somebody else lives in the house and they don't want him to touch it. So one of the first scenes is he's, he's like painting one of the things outside and he's like, Oh no, the they're here. So they come outside and they're like, can you stop painting our house? So is it a comedy? No, it's a drama. Okay. Yeah. So there's no way I would act. Cause I, I've read about it a couple of times. Cause I'm like, Bob talked about this. Yeah. I have no idea what this movie's about. So it's basically about him trying to get back to the house and then like um, dealing with his dad that's not always around. And this okay. is like his tie to his family. And finally, 
they get to move out and he moves in and he takes over and he just kind of restores the whole house back to its grand glory. And there's a, there's a scene towards the end that kind of like has a reveal, but it's just basically him and his friend just going through trying to, to get back to the house and like reclaim San Francisco back for them because that was one of the black neighborhoods. Okay. The score is amazing. The way it's shot. Who's the score? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's your thing. Sorry, not Tommy York. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the score is really good. the The performances are pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things that I knew about it, and I kind of sought it out, and I saw it, and I was like, "This is." They made a couple of lists of best of 2019, but I'm like, I'm missing something here. What? It's the guy who wants to go back to the house he grew up in. It's just the way that it's done. The sure. screen. I think you would probably enjoy it. Yeah, I'll check it out. And I think it is on Amazon now. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I um, I a friend of mine recommended a movie that was one of, one of her favorite movies, and I hadn't heard of it it's from 2013. A movie called Bell, uh, and she's like, you should check it out. So then I tried finding it on all the streaming services that I have, and it's not on any of them, but. I currently have a one cent bid on it on uh, on eBay for the <laughs> for the Blu-ray because I'm, I'm I mean plus three twenty five shipping, but yeah. I was like, That's, okay, was, it's not the one about him building a car, is it? No, it's about and I it, it's a it's it's a historical drama, okay. uh, like it's a you know based on a true story thing about a an English family that adopted a a, a black girl in like in like the. 1800s and like all the social shit around that and uh looks interesting but um it's just bell just b-e-l-l-e um which because there's a million movies with bell in the title trying to find it on ebay was ridiculous but yeah i tried finding it on streaming and uh um that the last black man in san francisco uh yeah that movie um popped up on they're like recommending. They're like, "Hey, there's black people in this too." I was like, "Thanks, Amazon." A little bit racist. A little bit. Yeah, this um, thing will be queen and slim, right? Yeah. I realized. I, I thought I had talked about that on the podcast, and I had. That's one of the nine that I have to like round out. Oh, really? I was like, the only dis- you really don't. No, no. It's uh, you know, a couple people asked me about that, and they're like, "How was it?" I was like, "Best movie with a member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers I saw this year." They're like. It's what? probably the best thing he's been in that I can think of. I mean, so you're clearly not counting Back to the Future 2. Uh, oh, that's true. I yeah. forgot about that. I mean, he was in... Uh, um, it's weird what he pops up in. Yeah, Your Own Private Idaho Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He was in 2 and 3, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he plays Needles. Yeah, Needles. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, it is weird because for someone who makes music that annoys the shit out of me, like he's a decent actor... He's just, it's hard to not look at him and go, chili oh, that's peppers. the dude from the Chili Peppers yeah. in a movie. Um, yeah, it's weird that he did a better performance than Chloe Sevigny, though. She was horrible. She was awful in that, and she's an actress I like. Um, she did something else this year that was, she was good in, and just seeing them back-to-back was like, wow. Hmm. I forget what it was, but. Uh, you just did seven, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So my number seven was Uncut Gems. Um, which wow, that's higher than I thought it would be. It it surprised me. Um, I mean, it shouldn't because I've seen Adam Sandler do enough stuff that he's good in. He's a he's a capable dramatic actor. Yeah, he's also he's great in Spanglish. Yeah, he's fantastic. In he's that. great in that. I mean, even 
Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk yeah. Love, he's amazing in. And I, I, I quote that a lot of times. To, it's one of my favorite movies to quote because most people have never seen it. So they're yeah. like, what are you talking? Because I sometimes I'll just walk into a situation. I'm like, I'm sorry I beat up the bathroom. People <laughs> uh, are like, what are you talking about? And also because it's, it's affectation for Robert Altman's Popeye. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, he just has this, he just, he has this seething fury that's kind of always underneath stuff. Like, because it was all his, I'm not an Adam Sandler movie fan at all. I like most of his comedies. I cannot stand. I like Little Nicky, but that's mainly because it's all Satan humor and it's just (laughs) ridiculous to me. Um, But I just remember his stand-up albums are very like filthy and and like and all of his movies are very like PG thirteen and it's I was like because he built an audience he, that way yeah, yeah yeah but I mean he built two audiences like separately with those two different things yeah. and I was like I know there's a lot of crossover between them but like I mean there is the whole argument about you know a PG thirteen movie what what that can do as opposed to R rated um, but um, yeah he was great in this and it's just. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you would like it. Um, I don't think it's it's one of those ones that I, I want to see anyway, just because I want to take the chance. It's, I mean, it made me anxious the entire time. It's kind of what the movie does. Yeah. yeah. And the whole time you're like, the only time that's really bothered me is, um, the first 20 minutes of the, uh, the rise of Skywalker. (laughs) No, the TV show with the Jason Bateman's involved with right now. Ozark. Ozark. Uh, That's just all they want to do is keep the audience anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Episode after episode. And I finally gave up on it. Um, there's no payoff. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. There's no payoff. It just keeps escalating and there's no payoff. Um, it's my number 11. It just kind of like fell out. Yeah, uh, Uncut like Gems. Yeah. I do think Adam Sandler gave one of the best performances I've seen this year. Um, yeah, it's definitely up there. I don't know if it's the best. Like, I can't think of anything else, right. but that's what this whole, that's what everybody's been touting is like, he's amazing in this. Yeah. But like you've said, you've seen him in other stuff. Yeah. Like, see, I think William Defoe or even Robert Pattinson give a better performance than sure. he does. Sure. Yeah. I, and I think part of it's why it stands out more is I expect both those guys to be good. Um, I watched that movie High Life this year, too, with Robert Pattinson, which he's... Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. I didn't love it. It's not great, but I thought he was solid in it. Did you ever see um, the one I told you to... Uh, it's the Safdie Brothers film before that with Robert. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's funny because he's really good in that. He's a good actor. Yeah. And I think so many people just have the preconception about him from Twilight that that's what he, because when they announced that he's going to be the next Batman, people are like, ugh. I'm like, he's a good actor. Pretty much everyone who's played yeah. Batman is a good actor, regardless of what you think of the films. Right. Everyone since 89 on is a good actor. Even like... Even, like Clooney, well, Clooney was not good in that, but Clooney is a good actor, yeah. and I think Val Kilmer can be a good actor. Um, it's yeah. like it's like uh, Timothy Dalton is James Bond. Everybody cringes. Timothy Dalton's a great actor. Right, they actually, just terrible movies. Yeah. I grew up on those. Those yeah. were like some of the first ones I remember. Right. And I don't hate them. Those were the first new James Bond movies I had seen. Like I had seen so. I started watching James Bond at my grandmother's house in Newburyport when I was a kid and Roger, Roger Moore once. So right. to me, Roger Moore is the quintessential James Bond, even though he's not the best James Bond by His any means. His early stuff is unwatchable. The yeah. man with the golden gun and the spider yeah. love me, they're unwatchable. Yeah. But then I was like, 
there was a new James Bond movie coming out, and so we saw them, and it didn't even register to me as a kid that this is not Roger Moore. It was just right. like, no, it's James Bond, so whatever. And right. then, then I was like, wait, Indiana Jones's dad was James Bond? Like, <laughs> what the hell? And then, like, you know, and I really, I still haven't seen all of the. Um, Daniel Craig? No, that the Irish guy, um, Pierce Brosnan's uh, 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 movies. If you saw Goldeneye, stop. Yeah, he did four of them, and four. the last one he did is. You'll be mad at yourself yeah. that you watch that. Is that the one with the ice car? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. diamond something. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the new one looks pretty good, though. though. It does. Yeah. Damn, I'm surprised. There's one that was... What, the second one wasn't... Kind of like it dipped, and then it went back up, because this is his fourth yeah. one, right? This is yeah. his fifth one, isn't oh, it? Is it fifth? This is fifth, and every other one... It's basically, the odd-numbered ones are really good. The, the odd ones are really good, and the even ones... Quantum of Solace, which was his second one that you're talking about, it was it wasn't good at all. Was Skyfall the third one? Skyfall's the third one, and which is, in my opinion, yeah. the best James yeah, Bond movie ever. Yeah. And what's the fifth one called? Oh, the fourth one called Spectra. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your number six? Uh, Booksmart. I bet this is going to be on your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's just one of the funniest, smartest comedies. I think I've seen in a few years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes from a completely different eye. I mean, I was—I didn't even realize it, but I was. Mary rewatched it recently, and she's yeah. like, "You really like that thing." I'm like, "How do you know I really like?" She's like, "You were laughing the whole time yeah. through that whole thing," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I was." It was just, and it's also unbelievably touching too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it. I don't think there's any... Well, last year there was um, 8th grade, which kind of tried to do kind of a similar thing. Yeah. But it kind of fell... It fell flat in a couple things, and there were some right. weird scenes in that. And like 8th grade, game. I'm just like, ugh, the yeah. whole time. Like, you feel for her, but at the same yeah. time, it's not... I didn't enjoy 8th grade, where I love Booksmart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it just took... It took, like, that premise <clears throat> and just, like, perfected it. It's. And the two leads are fantastic, and even uh, Billy Lord, oh, who, she had, she's probably the fucking best great thing. in it. She yeah. was she was my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Other than you know, I mean, it's hard to say that, but it was. I I kind of was because I I watched it finally. It was I got it on Xfinity or something like that. I figured, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this because everybody keeps talking about it. I watched it as soon as it was over. I restarted it and watched it again. Yeah, yeah. and then I just watched it again. A week or so ago, just to see, I'm like, is it really that good? And it is. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those ones that make you feel all the feels. And I kept thinking, why didn't this do well? And I think its target audience wasn't the age that it was set. I don't think it no. was set for high school people. Right. No. Although, and if you watch the trailer, because I rewatched the trailer, I'm like, why? Why didn't this movie do well? Because it's so great. I think it will do. And it, it did okay. They pushed it as a girl super bad. Right. And it's not. And it's not. Um, it's not at all. It. Yeah. Uh, although interestingly enough, because of where I work and the large swath of ages that people I work with, there's quite a few people like young women in their 20s that I work with who have seen it, who right. loved it. So I just finally got my niece Caitlin to watch yeah. it. She texted me back. She goes, it was amazing. Yeah. Because it, it is. But I think also part of it is that demographic doesn't go to the movie theater. Right. They're like, because so many people are like, I'll wait till it comes out streaming. And I was like, I can respect that. I know how you watch movies. I was like, but as someone who's a fan of movies, but also fan of films that are not mainstream getting made, 
Go see it in the theater right. so they'll continue to let people it make movies like this. Right? They, it got re-released. Oh, yeah. it, did. it did okay. Like it's not a bomb. Nominations for it. Yeah. Um, so they do go to movies, but they don't go to those kinds. They of don't movies. go to those types of yeah, movies because see Rampage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Jumanji's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the uh, the Marvel movies and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the the other one that I saw with a ton of girls, it was last year, um, Grey, the Grey, um, you saw it, I can't remember, the Christian Grey series. Oh, Fifty Shades of yeah, Grey. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there, I do, because I go mostly at night when most kids go, yeah. like I, you can kind of figure out by the, when I see stuff with an audience, more times than not, I'm the only one in there. But when you see stuff with an audience, you can kind of gauge, like, who's seeing it. Like, right. the Richard Jewell thing was all, like, an old... Angry movie. white men. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Or women dragging yeah. their, their people to it. Right. Yeah. yeah, older women. Yeah. So that was your number six, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my number six was Us. Um, and earlier in the year, because that came out, like, February or March. Yeah, um, really and, I, and I thought... This is definitely going to be in the top ten. I'm surprised it wasn't higher. Like at like at the time, I thought it was going to be higher. I didn't like it as much as Get Out. I thought it was excellent still, yeah. and uh, Lupita's performance is still one of the best. She's she's, she's better. Fantastic. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't quite hit me the same way. And that sounds like I'm saying it's a bad movie. I thought it was fantastic. It was yeah. my sixth favorite movie of the yeah. year. Yeah, it just uh, there were stuff that I saw later in the year that I liked better and. I don't know if it had come out like October, November, if it would have been higher, because uh, I haven't rewatched it since then. I And that's the thing. I rewatched Get Out three times that year. I'm not like, oh, I've got to see Us again. Yeah. I'm like, I'll see it eventually. Us was that movie this year where a week later you're still thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's beyond her performance, It's it, which was fantastic. You're thinking about the movie. I actually... This is going to sound weird, but I enjoyed it more than Get Out because it was less disturbing than Get Out. Sure. Was. No, makes sense. I wonder if it's because that's the weird, fantastical though. element was heightened, and it's like because yeah. Get Out, you're like, oh, this could happen, yeah. realistically. And it's it brought me back to, and I, I certainly don't mean to compare the two, but but it brought me back to when I would go see an M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Everybody else in the theater figured out <laughs> the twist at the end except me, and I don't hate that at all. Yeah. I love that I don't figure out twists. Yeah, because it, you, you're enjoying it the yeah, way the, yeah. the, the director intended. Exactly, and I think I get more out of it that way. That's weird that you find it less disturbing than... Well, with the, I mean, anytime you're a prisoner and somebody has access to literally taking out your brain, yeah. I, don't, I don't need that in my life. Right. I just think there's... I think of it like it's gore. And yeah. there's definitely more gore in us. Sure, for sure. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I'm the same way with um, anything that has to do with anything that happens to anybody at an insane asylum. Yeah. It's, it's, they're so vulnerable. Did you see a cure for wellness? Yeah. Don't see it. Then. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Um, that's, I think I saw that, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's some, um, it's a younger actor and I can't think of his name right now. I can I can picture him, but yeah, I, can't I know I know yeah. the movie, but I didn't see. You it. ever seen Session Nine? Oh. <laughs> that it, it, that's that's one of my favorite horror films, that's but it's so it's good. upsetting. Yeah, I can't horror. I just don't do. You wouldn't. Be, you can't really step into an abandoned building after that. From yeah, the yeah, it's and it's especially because the abandoned building that's in it was a real 
asylum in western Massachusetts yeah. that they've demolished since then. Oh, it is gone. They yeah. had um, American Horror Story had an asylum yeah. season. I watched a couple of them and just couldn't take it anymore. So what's your so what's that your, was, that was what's your number five? Was my number five? Oh, okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I, yeah, I saw it too, but I didn't. I didn't love it as much as you did. I don't think. Gotcha. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, it was just. I think I got it. It was like a seven or an eight. Gotcha. Yeah. It just didn't. Oh, out of ten. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I gave it a seven, probably. Yeah, I gave it a seven. You probably did. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. So. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. What were you I was going to say, what's your number five? But. Oh, uh, Hidden Life, Terrence Malick's new film. I think... Where did you see that? Boston. Okay. That's yeah, it's I not know. playing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I saw don't. the trailers for it, and I like Terrence... And I also know what to expect from a Terrence Malick film. So, it's it's like... Did you ever see A Tree of Life? Yeah. So, it's like that, and you mix it with a thin red line. Okay. And... He makes some really. He has made some really good films, so it's hard to say that this is his best. But right. you can tell this is a combination. Basically, his whole career is built to this. I mean, every director should be that way, anyways, and yeah. kind of learn from their past. He's gotten away from uh, song. His two last ones were horrible. Uh, they were, and oddly enough, I still enjoyed them because they have that Terrence Malick feel to yeah. them, and it it. it, it this is a horrible way to describe it, but it's the only way I've been able to describe it. I'm like, his films are what it feels like to be on heroin. <laughs> I, I can't attest to right. that. Right. So, yeah. It's, it's just like meandering and kind of like... It's you a either, warm, throbbing numbness. <laughs> if you like his stuff, you <coughs> you really like, like his aesthetic. Yeah. And this one, it, it's gorgeous. The acting... Most of his stuff has great acting anyways. Right. But yeah. this is just like, it takes it up to another notch. I mean, it's the first completely period film he's done since Thin Red Line. Because I really don't think I've yeah. seen anything by he did. Him. So he did The Thin Red Line, which was Thin came out the same lines, year as Saving yeah. Private Ryan. And that's the one that... Badlands. Yeah. Um, what's the... He did the Wheat one. I can never remember the name of it. Um, but he did uh, Tree of Life. Wow. Yeah. I think that was probably his best before this one. And it, he just, his cinematography is always great. The storyline here, I mean, it's, this year I've seen more yeah, the, World War Two. Well, no, like two hours and 30 minutes plus movies right. than I ever have before. There's been a lot of fucking long movies yeah, this year. This one was like close to three hours. And it, with his stuff, like it can feel like six hours, but this one was like, it just kind of drags you in. Yeah. It's basically about a conscious objector who doesn't want to basically go and, and, and um, pledge his life to Hitler and say that and go in the army. <clears throat> but the cinematography is the thing that like really, I think it's the best thing I saw mm. this year. Yeah. Cinematography wise. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so my number five is Jojo Rabbit. Um, nice. Yeah. I, that was, that was my favorite Scarlett Johansson performance. And I know Bob and I slightly differ on our opinion on that, but I, I mean, I really think because she, three of my favorite performances this year were by Scarlett Johansson in three very different movies. Um, is Endgame the third one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think her performance, I don't think she did more than three this year, did she? No, uh, not that I know, but, and, and, and this is not to take away from Endgame, but I feel her performance in Endgame is the least 
best of the three, but it's still a fantastic performance. Right. Um, it's yeah. It's it's with <clears throat> with Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. No, well, I'll get to it in a minute. But like Marriage Story mm. was the first time that I was like, like she felt like she's like owning her acting rather right. than any other film. Sure, I've that's how I it. felt during Jojo Rabbit. I watched yeah. it and I'm like, she's going to do well beyond Black Widow. Yeah, she's going to be able to to have a career. The scene in particular where she's talking to Jojo. And he's talking about missing the dad, and she does. She goes back and forth. She goes back and forth, and yeah. you know, gets the soot and makes the five o'clock shadow on her face. It's both very funny and incredibly heartbreaking yeah, at the yeah. same time. Yep. Yeah. Which was her character, right? Yeah. She was in Captain Marvel too, apparently. What what she's covered the closing scenes. I mean, oh, I, that's what. Yeah. In the end. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really count no, that. Um, but yeah, I also, I didn't know until later that, uh, Brie Larson filmed all of her scenes and by all of, I mean, both of her scenes from Endgame before they had shot Captain Marvel. Yeah. 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 Um, so what's your number four? Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay. It was, I went in a little bit scared because I didn't like hateful eight and I didn't like. I didn't like Django once they brought in Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie just tanked from there. Um, Christoph Waltz was still fantastic, and then the movie lumbered along. I didn't enjoy Hateful Eight at all. It's I haven't seen whatever that other one is that everybody hates. I haven't seen that one, but Hateful Eight. Is oh, Death Proof. Yeah, yeah, my least favorite Tarantino movie. And so I Do went in kind of fingers crossed, mm-hmm. like. Am I am I going to enjoy this? And for the first time in a long time, however many years it's been, I enjoyed a Tarantino movie all the way through. Yeah. And I think I told both of you this. I think I watched Brad Pitt's and Leo DiCaprio's best performance. Yeah. In in that movie that I've ever seen them do. Hmm. Um, and it was just it was great. It was great to have Tarantino back. It's not a movie you're going to watch over and over again. It's not a yearly viewing. Right. But it's, it's yeah. it was so good to have him back. This is another one where it's like he's taken everything from his past movies and just like made this perfect film for this time. It's my number three. Nice. Yeah. So it's just he's kind of you can see his learning from the past and all that stuff. There's definitely scenes that aren't good like the Bruce Lee scene. Right. Think it could be me get cut out, but I love Zoe when she shows up. See, (laughs) she just takes me out of the movie. And I like Zoe Bell. Who was the she, person she's she plays the stunt guy's wife. Yeah, that okay. comes in. She and he and she, he basically wrote Death Proof for, for her because okay. yeah. she's a stunt woman. Um, that she's Uma Thurman. She's Uma Thurman's stunt double okay. in Kill, Kill Bill, Bill, and she was Lucy oh, Lawless's stunt double for Xena Warrior Princess. And so she, you know, had a career. I mean, she broke her back doing Xena Warrior Princess <sighs> and like came back from it. She's, I mean, she's an incredible filmmaker for what she's done and she's really kind of pioneered like putting the, the a female face on stunt people yeah. having said that she's an awful actress which is fine <laughs> yeah. I have no problem with that but Tarantino it drives me nuts and I'm like I get it that you like using her and that's awesome right but she's an awful actress yeah. she's uh, really good in death when, he gets, but, when he gets right that's but she's <laughs> doing like she does all her own stunts and yeah. she's basically playing a heightened version of herself because yeah. he just loved hanging out with her and like that's how she was so he's like i'm gonna like write all this down and make a movie and yeah. like ostensibly 
have a killer try and kill her. He but, gets yeah. fixated on somebody, and you can just tell. Because yeah. all he wants to do is just point the camera at that person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and especially after he and Uma Thurman kind of had a falling out, I think he's like, well, now I have someone who basically looks like yeah. Uma Thurman anyways. Yeah. Um, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I knew after I saw it, I was like, that's not even going to be in my top ten. And it was, and I didn't hate it by any means, and I enjoyed it. I liked it more than Hateful Eight. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I've only seen Hateful Eight once, and I'm like, I don't need to see that again. Exactly. But, um, but I kind of felt the same way about this. I was like, I enjoyed it. But I feel at this point, Tarantino's best work is behind him, right. which is not a bad thing. He's made some of the most influential mo- movies of the last 30 years. Right. But I'm just like, I don't know how he's going to top that. I mean, just to go down a little side road, when people were talking about The Irishman this year, and they're like, I think it's Martin Scorsese's it's best not. work. I'm like, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not. not. Like, first just stop. Yeah, I'm like... It's not even a good movie. Like, regardless of like if you enjoyed it or not, um, I know I liked it better than you guys. Did. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't finished it. I still uh, got forty five <laughs> minutes left of that fucking thing. It's, you know, what I took away from. I mean, they worked really hard to get Joe Pesci in that movie, and well deserved because he was wonderful. He is. It. I think he's the best thing. In yeah, that. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, and I just, uh, I have issues with this whole age thing that they're doing where they're. Making people younger or whatever, I, I, it, it was unnecessary. That's See, I'd rather have them do that than try to cast an actor that looks similar, right? And then do that, and then you just, yeah, yeah. I didn't find it. What's weird is I saw it on the big screen, and I didn't even get affected as much as you did. And you saw it on your In, at home, when right? It, when he's when he finds out that somebody the, the store grabs his <coughs> dog. <coughs> And he t- takes her and drags her to the store and yeah. brings the guy outside. Yeah. And it's very clearly a 75-year-old man yeah. trying to... I was embarrassed for him. Yeah. That, that is the one scene that I've heard more. He's basically supposed to be 30. He looks 30. Right. But he's at... But his, his body, body just yeah. can't move that way. Yep. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I mean, I watched The Irishman. I'm not sad that I watched it, but at any rate. What I'm are we talking about? about? I'm trying to figure out what number we're on now. I think we're on... That was my four. Okay. So what's your four? So that was technically my three, so we don't have to do okay. my three. But my four is uh, Marriage Story. What was your three? Uh, Once Upon a Time. Right, yeah. yeah. So my four is Marriage Story. It's my four as well. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I just, from the from the moment when it starts and they're reading those letters to each other, I mean, yeah. I was just, it, it was just, from there it just gets better. It's the first time that I, like I said, Scarlett Johansson just like, she's always been a good actress, but this was like, cemented her as like a new it's not she's not even new but just right. yeah. a leading actress that can do almost anything I agree I had yeah. no problem with either of the performances yeah Adam Driver is amazing I just we, we've talked about it for a couple of years about when they were going to cross over Star Wars and Marvel and it was <laughs> I mean and I never thought oh marriage between Kylo Ren and Black Widow would but would you know work. for the entire movie you don't even think that right you don't even think that these two are are and you know how like, a fucking years, Admiral Holdo's just driving the nail. A couple years ago, we were talking about actors that once you find out they're in a movie, you just go see them. Right. Yeah. Adam Driver's becoming that guy for me. Sure. Yeah. Sure. He's had three or four movies this year, yeah. and they've all been good. Yeah. I mean, even the report, which is one on the sidelines, mm-hmm. he was. He's that good. was just an Amazon movie, wasn't it? Or was it was it theatrically released? I don't. I didn't see it in the theaters, but yeah. it could have been. I will say, 
just because you brought up Adam Driver, and it's not going to come up in my list. So this this is I'm spoiling my own list. <laughs> but um, for the first no, it's not hundred percent sure. I was going to say for the first time, but now so Star Wars didn't make my top ten. Uh, but yeah, because Last Jedi didn't either. Yeah, um, and I don't think Solo did either. But um, yeah, Solo shouldn't. Uh, Adam Driver's performance is the best performance in that film, in my uh, opinion. Uh, it's a it's a great it's, performance. It's almost it is nuanced. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love Daisy not, Ridley not in to it take too. Away from her performance yeah. too, which which was the best that she's done. Yeah, yeah, in the, in the trilogy. But I think yeah, that's the best thing she's done. You know? Yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean. You know, it's kind of become a joke how Star Wars. There's like clunky acting in in all the Star Wars movies, which there are, but like yeah. it's it's definitely a nuanced performance. And what I love about the, the all of these sequels is that the story arc between those two characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he has the best arc out of absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. For I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly don't fault you guys for enjoying marriage story it's just there were so many things in it that took me out of it yeah for example bringing in the laura Dern character it just seemed like this scarlett johansson character wouldn't pull that weapon out see but she did immediately and i'm like you're going against i think everything. if she, she would have stayed in new york she wouldn't have but she right. separated herself yeah and she was isolated and she's yeah, like i got i didn't yeah, yeah i didn't it just didn't click in for me. Yeah. Speaking of somebody who's in everything, Laura Dern is in everything mm-hmm. now. I don't know if I saw her in anything else besides Marriage Story. Well, she's in Big Little Lies. I don't watch that. It's I haven't seen this. So yeah. good. Yeah. I just so don't have good. time for much. Yeah, time. that's uh, yeah. that's how There's I am. There's only six episodes of it per season. I yeah. cannot recommend it enough. That's HBO, right? It's HBO. I have a list of, like, <laughs> like not joking, like of 200 things that people, people who's opinions I respect. We're like, yeah. you got to watch this. I'm like, cool, I'll see it by 2025. 20, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's not if, like, if you showed me that list, right. I wouldn't say put Big Little Lies in the top. If yeah. you hadn't seen, like, Booksmart, right. I would say put Booksmart book at the top. Yeah. But if if you're if you're not watching it because you don't think it'll be very good, right. you're, you're yeah, missing out. Why? Twice in the last week, I... Not intentionally, but I knew it was happening at the same time. There were people I work with who were like, have you seen blah, 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 blah. I was like, nope. Yeah. And I was like, and they're like, it's on Netflix. I was like, yeah, I know what it is. They're like, you got to watch it. I was like, I'll tell you right now, I'm never going to watch it. it. They're like, I love it. I'm like, that's awesome. I yeah. was like, we don't like the same types of things. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 it's about blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's only eight episodes. I'm like, eight hour episodes. I'm like, I, I said the same thing. I'm like, I got a list of like 200 things that I yeah. want to watch and like, you know, and people bring up a show. They're like, "Did you see this?" I'm like, "I started to, you know, six months ago, and then a week went by, and forty other things came out, and I forgot about it." And I was like, "And it didn't hook me." Speaking of, no, I'm going to say this to you offline. Remind me, <laughs> remind me that I have to tell you something offline. Okay. Um, so, what's your number three? Uh, I think it's Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, it was Jojo Rabbit, which we've talked talked about, about a lot. Yeah. yeah. So that number two, my favorite use of uh, David Bowie's song in a movie this year. Nice, yeah. It's at the end, um, Heroes, but the German language version. Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking if I saw something else with uh, David. Speaking of German 
for people who hopefully are going to hear this podcast and go out and, and try to see Jojo Rabbit, don't worry that the German accents are terrible. <laughs> Nobody cares. Right. You you kind of forget about it. You kind it. of forget. And you yeah. and you, you go along with it that Well, and also cares. the movie was written and directed and co-starring a, a New Jewish yeah. New Zealander of <laughs> Maori descent. Yep. <laughs> And, like, did you ever read any of the stuff about when he was filming it, how he had to keep himself indoors just so he wouldn't get tan? Tan, because he's he's <laughs> no, dark-skinned anyways, and he, like, intentionally avoided the sun for, like, six months, so he would be his palest. That's that crazy. little kid, that was the, the only thing he's ever done is that movie. Yeah. He just started going to auditions yeah. and, and was grabbed for that movie. And it was you, fantastic. You watch The Mandalorian, correct? I haven't seen the final episode. Okay. Yeah. So, Taika Waititi, who who you know wrote and directed and starred in uh, or co-starred in Jojo Rabbit yeah. directed the final episode oh, of really? yeah and he also voices IG11 the the robot. the robot yeah um i had to wait cuz i i my daughter went home for christmas and she's back now so we're probably going to watch it tonight nice i think it's i think chapter 8 is the the best one in yeah. in the first season it sagged a little bit like the first two were really great and the middle ones sagged. are yeah. it, it started to have uh, Incredible Hulk feel to it, like the yeah, TV yeah, show where you're yeah. like, all right, each week he goes to a different place, helps some people out, yeah. rebuilds a school, and then has to move along because right. you know, because I'm the Hulk, and uh, you know, because I got. It's kind of like they trapped themselves because he's got Baby Yoda now, right? Which don't, don't call him that. Wow. <laughs> well, well they need to give it a name then. I know. Uh, and, well, so uh, I've talked it about this before. I have, I have a guy I went to high school with who works for Lucasfilm in marketing, and they actually have it's basically their version of a swear jar at the office. You're, you they're not they're not allowed to reference call it Baby Yoda, and if you do, you got to put twenty dollars in the thing. <laughs> That's um, they, it's the child or the acquisition are the only things that Lucasfilm will yeah. officially let wow. them call it. And no offense to you, but any any time anybody says that in front of me, I tell them to stop it. Yeah, yeah. it's like Baby Yoda. Uh, I was like, stop. it's neither a baby nor Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. He's fifty. Yeah, he's fifty. Yeah. All right. So number two. Number two is a uh, parasite. I see, that's the one movie from 2019 that I really wanted to see that I didn't get a chance to see. It was playing at Red River. It just was it? The, all of the showings because they don't do like an, a later showing. Like 7:30 no. is their latest showing. Every once in a while, you can catch like an eight or an 8:45, yeah. but it's rare. If it's, yeah. it, I don't think it's still playing there now. Uh, if it, if it is, I'm going to try seeing it on Wednesday. But I don't, I don't think it is. I think they they moved up to like Little Women and something else. Yeah, like because yeah. right now the the movie that's like occupying the same space as that that I'm like I got to see it is the new Les Misérables, uh, which I really want to see. One? Yeah, yeah. Which, I, um, you can't see that anywhere yet. It's it starts in Boston on Friday, so right. I'm gonna see it then. Cause so I'm, that's on the short list for the Oscars. Yeah, for um. For foreign for language. foreign language films, so they did that one instead of uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Right, they submitted, which is I don't, I don't, I don't like the Oscars process for the international thing. Like I think it's, it's shitty how they do it. So um, basically, your country can only submit one one film. film. That's it. And really? They, yeah, and they can go. Okay, that's good. Like they don't do multiple, and they also like where yeah. whereas. It's weird. It's like the reverse of all the other ones where um, the, the, the how, Acad- do, how do other countries do it? Each country has to submit to the Academy. No, but I mean, like I mean, the okay, so we have our Oscars here, but 
over in England, can we only submit one movie? I don't think they have a foreign language category. No. Are we the only ones that do? Pretty much. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a reaction in the 70s because almost everything was just American films that were being nominated. And they're like, we make movies too. And only within the last 10 years have they started to go into other categories. Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. But it's not the Academy saying, oh, this movie, which is a French-language film, was excellent. Was We're going to nominate it. It's upon France to say, we think this is the one that most deserves it. And if the Academy's like, that's cool, we would have picked this one instead. Because they only... of So say 40 countries submit films to the Academy yeah. for consideration. They pick five. And so France could have been like, they would have, you know, the Academy could have said, we would have picked this film, but you submitted this one, so it doesn't get in. I'm like, that's such a shitty way to do it. And they narrow it down even more to this. Right now they have the short list, right. which is 10 to 15. Yeah. And that's that's what the the voters can go out and see those the short list stuff so they can actually vote. Vote, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's such a weird way to do it. It's uh, annoying. Yeah, um, but that's, yeah, I want to see that, but I didn't see Parasite. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. So it's Bong Joon-ho's newest film. He's done... Um, You've loved all his other films. I yeah. have. Yeah. He did uh, Okja. Um, what's the train one? Uh, um, uh, 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 ice. It's, it's, yeah. it's where I you find out... Captain America is a cannibal. Yeah. Um, yeah, ice something. Ice, ice pressure. Snow snow yeah, Snowpiercer. Snow 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 yeah. yeah, so he's a Korean director that's been doing stuff. I've heard for, of Snowpiercer, but I never, yeah. never saw it. This is, it's by far his best film. It's basically about um, this family in, in Korea that slowly starts to integrate themselves into a rich family's household yeah so they start with the tutor go uh tutor goes in first and then he convinces them to basically hire his sister but they don't know it's his sister right and they slowly integrate they're a lower class family like integrates themselves into this higher class family and just the the acting in it the cinematography the whole story is like it's nothing i've ever seen it's it's a drama it's action it's horror I mean, it's everything. It's just, I think it's about two hours, two and a half hours again. Yeah. But it's just riveting. From That's, the it's to streaming hour. somewhere or it's on Xfinity because I've, I've gone by it a couple of times and I haven't. I would highly recommend yeah. it. It's probably his best film. Yeah. Hmm. Second best for me. I I think you would like it. Yeah, I really want to see it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, and luckily, not enough. Like, I know, like, three people, like, in the world who have seen it. I mean, I know more people have seen it, but yeah. as far as, like, people I know, there's, like, three people. And, like, my friend who lives in Indonesia saw it, and she's like, you got to see this. I'm like, I'm fucking trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but it's also, I wanted to see it in the theater. It may not happen, but. I would definitely recommend seeing it. Like, I was yeah. surprised it didn't play at Regal. Yeah. Or even it, Methuen. It kept popping up on the Regal, like, on, on the app. But then I clicked on it, and they're like, no show times in your area. So what I think is once the Oscars get announced... It may I, get re-released. I think it's going to be nominated for the movie of the year. Yeah. I really think, because it is... It's, it, my list is among moviegoers, yeah. like critics and stuff. It's a little bit generic yeah. this year. But Parasite was just like... It's really well sought after. Yeah. Among critics right now, I think it's one sure. of the top ones. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my number two actually surprised me how good it was because I like I, I it was one of the movies I was most anticipating this year, but I wasn't 
Yeah, like I knew I would enjoy it, but I wasn't expecting it to be the caliber film it was, which was Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. um, which holds up really well to repeat viewings and rewards you with different stuff. And it's, I mean... I think all their movies do. I, I would agree. Um, they just layer so much. There's so much in it, but it was just... It's, it's interesting because Kevin Feige, what he's done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe has really changed how, like... Filmmaking is done because it, it does reward, you know, checking in each episode. But and it's funny because every other studio has now tried to cash in and has failed miserably. Yeah, but I think a lot of it's because Kevin Feige loves these characters. You know, he just uh, you know most people will say he's the the best living authority on the Marvel universe, and it's not from there's he's doing it for the love of these characters, not. I know we can make a shitload of money if I do X, Y, and Z. It's happened that way, right? But because, um, and especially if like there was a about a half an hour documentary. I don't remember which one it was. On it might have been uh, Age of Ultron or not Age of Ultron, um, uh, Inf- Infinity War, uh, where they they go through the whole ten years. That yeah, it must have been that because it was ten years at that yeah. point of right. how the whole thing came about. Um, because these characters that are now like archetypes again, like Iron Man was not the a you know the A list superhero that he is now twelve years ago, right. and casting Robert Downey Jr. as it was a huge gamble, yeah. and he was like, nope, this is the guy, this is who's going to do it, well, and and Favreau kind of pushed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favreau definitely did, um, and but. Just the the caliber of performances in this film, and I've told people that you know I had a conversation with my mom, who's not a superhero <laughs> person at all, and I was just like, Robert Downey Jr. gives one of the best performances of, of his career in I that agree. film, who's an across the board exceptional actor, even yeah. in dog shit that he does, he's great and like he yeah. commits to it. But um, and I said this in my review six months ago, um, Chris Hemsworth gives an incredibly layered performance Mm -hmm. as Thor, because up until Ragnarok, I did not give a shit about that character. (laughs) Um, There was little flickers in Age of Ultron when they're having that, like, bonding scene where they're all trying to lift the hammer, and I was like... A little bit, yeah. A little bit, and they've kind of expanded it with Ragnarok, but to make him fun, but it's such a nuanced performance, and it always drives me nuts on social media when people are like, Oh, it's Lebowski Thor. It's it's Bro Thor, and I'm just like you. You don't understand what what that performance is about. What you have to do is you have to watch him the first 15 minutes of Infinity War and everything being destroyed in front of him. Right. That's what Endgame is for him. Right. Um, yeah, and have. just he's he's gone through this incredible trauma. Right. And you know people deal with trauma in different ways. It's, yeah. You know. Um, you know, Chris Evans, you know, um, Steve Rogers is trying to pick up the pieces and soldier on the best he can where Thor is broken. Right. And the, the scene with him and Rene Russo where, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, it's an amazing scene. And I was, and you know, there's, there's probably half a dozen performances in that film that are just exceptional. I don't know if it'll get any acting nominations just because, it's a superhero movie, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Um, Here's the question, though. Yeah, is it a good standalone movie? 
Like, if you had not seen... No. I think that's part of its greatness. Right. Now. I don't think it is, and that goes against what I've said for a long time, And but it also is... Because uh, usually I say, you know, for a film to be great, it, if it's a sequel, it needs to hold up on its yeah. own legs. But at this point, you have to have seen at least the bulk of them. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, it would be interesting to watch it with someone who hasn't seen any of them and see yeah. if it has the same dramatic payoff. Yeah. Uh, because so much of it is about the relationships that these characters have had yeah, right. over a decade. But I also, like, I feel Marvel has done an amazing thing, and again, primarily because of the work that Kevin Feige did, of rewarding people for investing in these characters' story arcs over a decade. Right. Um, I went into it because I, I didn't like... I liked Infinity War, mm. but I thought, okay, they're 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 taking my thirteen dollars so I can watch everybody die, so they can make another movie, so they can make more money, and I right. I had a hard time getting past that. So I went into Infinity War, and I went to see it at Chunkies because I figured <laughs> I don't care at all about this. Right, I'll have a cheeseburger. With I'll it have again. a cheeseburger <laughs> with it, and you know my daughter's excited and whatever. And the moment where he gets off the ship, and the first thing he says to Captain America is, "I lost a kid." Mm. I teared up yeah and i was like yeah. okay yeah this is where the way they're going and i'm with them and, and yeah. scarlett johansson has that beautiful moment where she's just eating that peanut butter sandwich and she's can you can you try to find clint for me can you yeah. she's talking to what's his name yeah and her eyes are just the whole story in her eyes yeah, yeah. they did a great job with that stuff yeah yeah i still think affinity war is a better movie but that's just me i mean that's me i didn't fall for endgame as much interesting yeah i do mm. very much yeah yeah, it, it brought me, it won me back. I mean, it, it, the fact that it made me care about Hawkeye, which <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. just like, and it's funny because like you know, Jeremy Renner is one of those guys that I've liked him in some stuff, but like, and he's a perfectly serviceable actor, but yeah. he's he's never been one of my favorites, and I just most of the time I'm like, uh, okay, he's dude right. in this movie, and <laughs> like the scene with his family at the beginning just showing you the gravity of and and they kind of had to do it to build up what was going to happen yeah Yeah. and and also and i didn't realize that they had actually shot that for infinity war yeah but But just editing wise they're like this they're like a it's going to remind people from a year ago what happened and also sets it up for his character arc in this movie Uh, and i think it was wise to do it that way the rocky movies used to do that they would start the movie with the with the, with the previous of the, of scene. The previous movie, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it was before you know video and all that right. stuff. And it, yeah. would, it would bring yeah. you immediately back into where you're at. Yeah, um, which is smart. I just don't love that arc. Yeah, him and Scarlet. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if there's an emotional kind of payoff with Black Widow because Black Widow at this point I think is the is first she in prequel. Black Widow? I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, but it so Black Widow Black Widow takes place. There are the, it Captain America at, technically Captain America. Captain. Oh yeah, I get it's after Civil War, right? Is when it takes. It place. takes place after Civil War, and like I know right I know Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Um, I don't know to what extent. Who knows? And I don't know if it's archival stuff or not. Um, but uh, I, I I have a feeling it's going to be. It's mostly a standalone thing, which hopefully it will be. Right. I'm also kind of like, well, I 
I've seen the Black Widow origin story. It's called Red Sparrow. Yeah. Um, it wasn't very good, but it, it like when I saw that movie because I'm familiar with the Black Widow history. I'm like, this is Black, Black Widow's Widow. origin yeah. story. Yeah. So well, there was they, a, also one when, this year. when they did Anna. an Ultron, they did enough of yeah. her backstory I'd, to where you're satisfied. Yeah, I didn't see Anna, but I was like, oh, it's Luke Besson. It's going to be garbage. Yeah, yeah. It's completely forgettable. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Florence Pugh. Yeah, who's going to play her sister in Black Widow? Yeah, is probably one of the best new and up and coming. Yeah, and it's funny because I forgot, and then I saw at Bull Moose the other day that they have like recent releases on video and fighting. the fighting with my family. I was like, I forgot that she was in that too because I think that was the first thing I saw her in, and then she did Midsummer and yeah. um, she was in Little Women and. Uh, uh, oh, you should th- see Lady Macbeth if you haven't. I want to see that. Somehow I skipped over my number three because I just did number two as Avengers oh. Endgame, but my number three was Little Women. Uh, huh. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. Um, and I, I know this is a blast for me for some people, but I, it's it's a better movie than Lady Bird. Uh, see, I don't think so. No? I like Lady Bird better. But I think um, it's funny because I think Florence Pugh gives the best performance in that whole movie she was really good in it um i also and, and the complaint that i've heard from a lot of people is they didn't like timothy chalamet as that character i thought i thought he was good in that i liked it i like him and his reaction with um with joe yeah I really yeah i yeah i thought their relationship was very believable yeah um uh there was just there was something about it that was mi- i i can't put my finger on it but there was definitely something that was like missing from that that i wanted something more right oh yeah laura dern was in that too yeah um that's right (laughs) yeah um christopher cooper's character just kind of creeped me out yeah he was creepy in that and he i didn't like him in the mr rogers movie at all either but i hated that movie not good yeah 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 um uh so what's your number wait you already did your number two. two. Did you do your number two? My number two was Booksmart, and my okay. number one was Endgame. So I'm, okay, oh. I'm, all right, I'm, all right. So my number one is Midsummer. Okay, Midsummer. I'm yeah. not saying it that way. That's the. So I I basically start a timer at the beginning of every movie that I go in to see. Just to, if it's bad, I know how much longer I have. To sure. <laughs> Midsummer is the first movie. It's the only movie this year I never looked at the title. I remember you yeah. saying that. Yeah. Wow! It just it it pulled me in from the very beginning and just never let me go. I mean, it was it's like nothing I've never. That's not true because it reminds me a lot of the original um, Wicker Man, but it's yeah. like they took that and just notched it up and made it so much better. Uh, Elizabeth Hugh was great in it. Even um, what's his face, Seth uh, Seth Rogen's brother. Yeah, Seth Rogen's brother was decent in it. I can't think of his name. I. Don't it's Seth Rogen's twin. Yeah, basically that's <laughs> yeah. that's who he is. Yeah, it was. I know we talked about it on this podcast before, and it it really hasn't left my top. Yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, and I, that, I. When did that come out? Like April, May? It was, it was pre-summer. It was yeah, like yeah. yeah. I think it was May because okay. like it, it pretty much stayed in theaters through the summer, like yeah. up until August. And then yeah. they re-released it with the director's, with the director's cut, cut at the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah. I um. Yeah, when they re-released Apocalypse Now again, I because I saw that this year, and I was just like, okay, like, <laughs> like, and 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 I like that. Wasn't it like four hours long? No, the, so the 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 definitive okay. director's cut, which is what it's called, and I'm just like, this is the fucking fourth one, yeah. and it's the third director's cut. 
Yeah. That has like five cuts in it. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, so first, he, Bob just pointed at his Blade Runner box set. Um, I believe there's actually seven cuts in that. Because um, some one of, it has like the television version. Um, there's only. Whatever the four ninety nine one is that they should sell at Best Buy, that's the one I that have. so that is the final cut. Okay. Um, that so it's the final cut cut plus three complete theatrical versions. Yeah, plus the waterpress version. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it also has a unicorn. It does have it does have an origami unicorn and the hover car. Um, and the, and the case looks like the Voigt, Voigt Kampf, um, test, test uh, briefcase, but Sorry. the, no, 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 it's, I mean, the, the, the theatrical cut of Blade Runner and the, the, the final cut are, are very different films. Yeah. Having said that, it's still the same movie. It's yeah. just, you know, your experience with it. And the, the Apocalypse Now and Apocalypse Now Redux are very different films, too. Um, this The newer one basically trims an hour of the Redux footage out and re-edits a couple things into it. It's basically, it is more watchable than Redux. It's still, I mean, it's really long. Um, and I, I, um, I, it's one of those things that I'm like, okay, if if you're looking for, like, if you've never seen Apocalypse Now and you want to see it, like, that would be the version I would recommend. I've never seen it. It's, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you would appreciate I mean, it's Movies like dark. that, like, like, The Deer Hunter is this classic, right? Yeah. It's unwatchable. Yeah. And I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid Apocalypse Now is like, it's going to be like that. The thing with Apocalypse Now that I learned this year, and I, I don't know why I was surprised by it, but to have a confirmation, I was like, ugh. So there's a scene, you know, with the water buffalo where they slaughter it, which they really did for the movie. They killed the water buffalo for the movie, um, which, like, you know, the 70s... Probably couldn't get away with that today. Well, they got... PETA was mad at them at the time, and with the re-release, because it's an extended version. And so what it is, is there's a... Trish, uh, there's, it was shot in the Philippines. The Philippines is subbing for Vietnam. Okay. Uh, and there is a... It's a it's a ritual with this village where they slaughter a water buffalo as part of their religious ceremony. Francis Ford Coppola, his wife saw this ritual happening. She's like, Francis, you got to come see this. They saw it, and the, he, he had hired this tribe to play the natives in the movie. And he's like, you got to do this for the movie. And they're like, it's a religious ritual. You know, we basically raised the the water buffalo all year to do this. He's like. <laughs> Cool. I'll buy you another one oh, to kill geez. it on screen. So, um, and because I I finally watched Hearts of Darkness, which I had never seen before, which is the documentary that yeah. and and it had become like mythic status. And I watched it. I'm like, it's not that good a documentary. Um, really. And it, especially now, 25 years later, because it came out with Redux, didn't it? Um, it, it did. Um, they re-released it, but they, so with this 4K Ultra box set that I... Because Best Buy is pushing 4K. Like, if you are someone who's still buying physical media, and this is no way an endorsement, because I worked for Best Buy for 11 years. I have no love for the company. But their 4K Ultra discs are super cheap because they're trying to get people to buy the technology. But almost all of them come with the Blu-ray version as well. So you can... Like, new movies, they come out on Blu-ray, typically for... Well... No, like, they'll come out Blu-ray, 
like twenty four ninety nine, and then the first week the four K Ultra is fourteen ninety nine with the Blu Ray in it. So I'm just like, just buy that thing. You're getting more discs oh, yeah. for the same they thing. They did that with Blu Ray too, Blu Ray and DVD, and DVD. Yeah, for, for, for a little while. But yeah, yeah. Um, Disney used to do that a lot. Yeah, you get the digital. You get a digital copy, DVD, DVD, Blu Ray, Blu Ray, and yeah. now it's mostly Blu Ray and just digital. If there's anything else, yeah. um, but uh, it, it, there was a director's cut of the Hearts of Darkness documentary, and I was like. Are you, you it's a document. Yeah. Yeah. And it and, and there and there's like a little icon for the three scenes that were added in and I was like, this adds nothing to a meandering documentary. Okay, and it was just like it just confirmed what I'd thought for a long time anyways, which I was like, Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola is a douchebag. <laughs> and it was the same time that Martin Scorsese was sounding off about Marvel movies, and I'm like, Yeah, these guys have made some great films. They're real fucking assholes. Yeah. But you, you got to give it to to Martin. I mean, he does do a lot for film preservation. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, but doesn't mean anything about. I will person. argue the same thing about Michael Bay and the Criterion Collection. The Criterion Collection exists because Michael Bay gave them a bunch of money. Yeah, that's um, why there's also Criterion. Army. That's why there's a Criterion The Rock. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I think we've talked uh, about it too, aren't there? Yeah, Ugh. and but I do love. The like behind the scenes stuff on Armageddon, like, and I think I've talked about it where they're interviewing people and they talk to Billy Bob because Thor- they're like asking them, it's supposed to be tongue in cheek, yeah, but they're like, So, what's it like working with Michael Bay? And you know, you know, Affleck's like, Oh, it's a great opportunity, it's a lot of fun, yeah, I get to work with Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis is like, Just another day at the office, you know, typical like Bruce <laughs> yeah. Willis thing. And they come to Billy Bob Thornton and they're like, It wasn't quite. Like his status at that point. No, he wasn't. Yeah. But he had like he was just coming off of like Sling Blade yeah. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And so they're like Billy Bob. Um, so you're normally an independent guy, and you know this is a bigger budget uh, movie. What's it like working with Michael Bay? He goes, "Who's that?" <laughs> and they go, "The director." He's like, "Director of what?" And they're like, "Well, he's directing this film." He's like, "I don't think I've met him," and he's deadpan, <laughs> just deadpan. He's like, "What else has he done?" They go, um, you know, Bad Boys, The Rock. He goes, oh, I don't watch that shit. <laughs> it's pretty fucking great. So we had a new movie out this year. So Michael I, Bay? Yeah. What was it? It's Six Underground. It's only oh, on right, Netflix. Right, right. Yeah, it's oh, Netflix. Yeah. I heard it's terrible. Yeah, it's, not, it, it's a pure Michael Bay film. Right. So I was watching it, and then it's Netflix, so I kind of drifted a little. And yeah. I look back, I'm like, he's only done Transformer movies pretty much for the, for last, the last decade. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... Wow. Yeah, this film completely makes sense now because right. it, it's basically a Transformers movie without the Transformers. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So your your number one was Midsummer. Midsummer. All right, yeah, Midsummer. And, yeah and my number one was Booksmart. Okay, wow, nice. I, and I when I saw that in the theaters, I was like, this was great. I was like, I'm so our one and two were interchangeable, right? Endgame and, and Booksmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I, I went back and forth, and it's just the reason. I kept Endgame as number one is because it was such a huge production. Sure. Booksmart is the movie everybody should see. Sure. If you I, take I, nothing And I mean, literally, Avengers Endgame is the movie that everyone did see because yeah. it's the highest grossing film of all time. So the movie that I was referencing before didn't make your list. So I was talking about Joker before. Uh, about, yeah. I did That's, not yeah. like Joker. So many people were like, oh, it's the best movie made this year. I was like, it was not. It's not even the best performance this year. No, and, and, and so many people have called out Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Which was great. He's given better performances. Yeah. He gave better performances last year. Yeah. I mean, he had like five films last year that all had better performances than this thing. I 
I thought his performance as Johnny Cash was better than this. Yeah. It, you said in your podcast, because I was, because I was shortly after Joker came out, and you said this movie is dark and it goes nowhere. And I thought, if Scott is right, saying that, right. hell no, am I Because there's so, so many movies that I love that that's basically, yeah. you're like, well, it's really dark and it's not going anywhere. Because right, yeah. right. very much, like, uh, the difference is, I, I, I'd say if I were to, like, encapsulate what we like about movies and the differences is you're all about what's happening in the movie, what, what story, story is being yeah. told, where for me it's all about atmosphere and who who is in this world that we're occupying. Leave No Trace was one of the rare exceptions where I could I could handle slow moving and there there was really yeah. no story yeah. to it. Yours starts with like the screenplay. Yeah. Like that's where Yeah. And it makes sense. My um ju- I'm just just I, I don't really f- necessarily believe in runner runners up, but like I said, coming up with the ten was tough for me. Yeah, so yeah. The, I'm, I'm just going to go through the six I had to cross out just to eliminate. Um, the one that was easy for me was if Beale Street could talk, only because it was a 2018 film, but I didn't yeah. see it till January because it wasn't available in wide release. Yeah, it's like my top twenty of last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, How to Train Your Dragon three. That was probably the easiest one for me to cross off. I really liked it. I you think, both did, right? Yeah, I, yeah, it was good. I think it's yeah, an it excellent really animated film. Um, I would say I probably liked it about as much as I liked Frozen 2. Um, they're both good, um, but again, they're, they're installments in a series, and yeah. you you do have to, to, to get the full appreciation of them, you do have to have seen the other ones. Yeah. Um, Hail Satan, which is a documentary that I saw, which was... Excellent and very watchable and very informative. Very informative and also uh, easily accessible for, particularly for people who are like, I don't want to watch a documentary about the Satanic Temple. Right. But it really kind of explains to you what it is, and it because it's not about people who worship the devil. It's it's a political movement. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not going to watch interesting political movement. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I was like, I'm not going to watch this multiple times. Right. Um, and I think what's funny is I think most people that come out of that movie are like, oh, I'm a Satanist. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I won't identify it that way, but the beliefs that they have and everything, yeah. it's like, I was like, I align with all of this, yeah. but I don't want to have a conversation every day <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my life of exactly. like, oh, I'm a member of the satanic temple. Let's oh, so you worship the devil. Nope. Let me explain to you. And then, cause I know 80% of those people are like, well, I'm not talking to this dude again. He's a satanist. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, really good. uh, peanut butter Falcon. I really enjoyed it. Not a, not necessarily a great movie, um, I really liked Shia LaBeouf's <clears throat> performance in that. Second best this year. And then, second best Shia LaBeouf performance. What was the first one for you? Big Boy. All right. Um, uh, and it's one of those movies, I'm like, it's it's a feel-good movie that's not saccharine. And I'm yeah. also glad that it got made. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, if I could just, like, throw money at stuff, I'd just go buy tickets for it. Yeah, like, for yeah, sure. And I, there needs to be more movies like that. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it did okay at the box office, didn't it? It was out for a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a month. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it made some money. And it was also nice to have Dakota Johnson do another thing that distanced her from the Fifty Shades. And she kept her top on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so try harder next time. But uh, um, That's why you like Red Sparrow. Was she in Red Sparrow? No, but I'm just... Oh, I don't like Red Sparrow. It's a terrible movie, but uh, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is naked in it. Um, uh, uh, Light of My Life, uh, which I don't know if you saw that or not. That's the Casey Affleck movie. That so 
the, probably the, the thing that people will connect with the he most. He wrote and directed it. He yeah. wrote and directed and stars in it. So, um, you remember a year ago when he was on SNL and he had the Dunkin' Donuts commercial? Yeah. And he's that like, was several years ago. Yeah. So that was the movie he was filming. That's why he has long hair and a beard in that video because he was making this movie. It's a it's a post-apocalyptic film without being a post-apocalyptic film. Yeah. It's very much grounded in reality. There's no technology that's different. It's the the whole premise is almost all women in the world have died of this strange right. disease, and he's raising a daughter who's just on the cusp of adolescence. So he knows he's not going to be able to disguise her as his son much longer. Yep, and um, it's it's really sad, really scary, and it's heartbreaking. Um, I, it, I don't think it got a wide release. I, it was one of those things when it, I was in Bull Moose one day and it was the day that oh, it had come out. It was eleven ninety nine on oh, DVD man. and I was like, I'm probably not going to watch this a bunch of times and it wasn't on any streaming thing and I was like, whatever. I watched it. Thought it was great, but I was like, eh. Uh, I, I ended up selling it back because I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't have that much media, but I was totally, f- because he also produced it and I was like, it looks like it's on Prime now. I got you. It's definitely yeah, worth a watch, and I, I think I did talk about it in one of the episodes recently. But yeah, I, it was excellent. But it was just it just wasn't top ten. If I yeah. had done a top twenty, it definitely would have been up there. And then Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Um, but that was I had to fight with myself because I was like, no, it has to be in the top ten. I'm like, it doesn't just because you <laughs> love Star Wars. I don't think it would have made had I seen enough movies. I don't think it would have made my top ten, but it would have been fifteen. I think I gave um, it like a seven or an eight. It's better. I liked it better than Last Jedi. I did sure. too. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and I'm seeing it for a fifth time on Tuesday. But wow. <laughs> I've still only seen it once. Yeah. Um, for no other reason than if I had to, to do an honorable mention, I'm just happy that I got closure for Deadwood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a great movie. I still haven't seen it. It wasn't a great movie at all. But it was. It was it closure. Was, yeah, it was yeah. closure. Yeah. It was nice to you know revisit right. some old friends and that's another one if you hadn't seen anything beforehand I don't know if it would have worked it, you would have thought it was cheesy and silly yeah um, but I mean they you know use of flashbacks in the in the filmmaking stuff but I was just it was it was something that I had been looking forward to for a number of years hmm. and it was great to see it. So mine, I'll just do it real quick. Ford vs Ferrari. I'm seeing really that on good. Wednesday. Yeah, Pain and Glory. Omidar, Om- yeah, Omidar's last film. It's really good. I uh, played at your guys's favorite theater for a couple of weeks. Oh, the Will the Will. Yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Sleep. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed it. See, I didn't like it as much as I was hoping I would. Yeah. Did you now? Did you know? Because I, I didn't recognize him at all. But did you know that was Henry Thomas playing uh, Jack? Who's Henry Thomas? Elliot from ET. No, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. No. And then Uncut Gems, what you mentioned. Yeah. 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 No, I, with Dr. Sleep, I went in not expecting anything, and I was just kind of blown away. It was. Weird. I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't try and make it The Shining 2 yeah. until the last 20 minutes where they tried to make it The Shining 2. But then yeah. at that point, it kind of works. Right. For the story. So. Well, Stephen King wouldn't have gone that way because he hated The Shining. He, so it's a, yeah, it, it's a play off The Shining movie. But also, yeah, it's so it's basically a sequel to both the shining book and the shine. So it kind of splits the difference between okay. the differences, um, yeah. which they had to get Stephen King to sign off on it because they're like, look, the, the Warner brothers, the studio, they're like, we own the shining, the property, right? We we're going to market it as this. We'd like to have your approval on it. Um, yeah. the, you know, 
this is what he's done in the screenplay. And, and there's a couple of things he's like, nope, nope, yeah, that's fine. No, okay. Because um, a TV series? I don't know if either one of you saw it. It's trash. It is horrible. But it is technically much more faithful yeah. to the book than the film is, and it's unwatchable. And they did bring back <laughs> the boiler yep. from the original book slash right. TV show. Yeah. That's the only scene I, I was watching, and I was like, Oh, I'm glad I saw that miniseries because yep. this makes complete sense now. Yeah, yeah, and I and um, and that's the argument that you know I have with people all the time when they talk about books versus movie. I'm like they're different mediums yep. because more often than not, when you include everything in the book, you get Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's not a great film. It's one of those things where I didn't. I use Letterbox a lot to mm-hmm. do all my stuff, so at the end of the year, I get stats and I'll post it eventually. But one of them was how many it go. It breaks it down to most actors, directors and everything. Yeah. Writers, Stephen King was the top for me this right, year. Right. Like 25 adaptations yeah. that I saw based on a Stephen King. And wow. I don't even know what the, I could, other than that, cemetery it, and, Oh yeah. I yeah, forgot about cemetery. cemetery. That was trash. Yeah. I probably saw a couple rewatches. Yeah. <clears throat> when I saw it, I was like, I really saw that much Stephen King stuff. But That's, you did know, you watch Castle Rock? Was that part of Letterboxd no, or is it just films? It's just films. You can do TV, but it, I just do it for film. Yeah. I stopped watching Castle Rock after a couple episodes, but I am I'm reading Mr. Mercedes right now, and it's really good. That is good. That's uh, the sequel one, isn't it? No, it's the first one. So, and then what's the next one? I can't remember. Yeah. I'll ask my niece, and she'll tell me, and I'll buy it, and then read that one. Any, any, any final thoughts on the movies of 2019? Yeah. What are you guys looking forward to this coming I was, year? I was thinking about that. Um, I hate that question. I want to make a prediction because <laughs> it's it's now technically 2020. I want to make a prediction that 12 months from now, they still will have done no work on Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> that next year, we'll be talking about how it's never going to happen. Uh, it could be. Um, it'll be interesting because that's that that is the film that is the film project that's on the docket for Lucasfilm right now because the next Star is Wars is Spielberg t- working on West Side Story. Is he? Oh, <laughs> did he give up on that? He I was working know. on it. I gotta look it up. I think Ghostbusters. Yeah, that it, that looks good. It's yeah. the only thing that I that I've kind of seen a trip. Mm-hmm. You guys know I don't like trailers. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I listen to trailers more than I watch them right. because I I in the theater. I smell trailers. Uh, them. Uh, um, I'm looking forward to Black Widow. I think I'll enjoy it, whether or not it's a great movie. It, it, yeah. it probably won't be, but um, I'll probably enjoy it, and it'll be nice to see Scarlett Johansson play that character again. Sorry, yeah. spoiler, she dies in Endgame. <laughs> um, it's been out for... West Side Story 2020. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also... It's in post-production next December. It's the highest grossing movie of all time. Literally everyone who wants Endgame. to see it has seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're mad that I've spoiled Endgame, stop living in the world. <laughs> you don't like movies, and you shouldn't be listening. Right. To this. Well, it's. I even had that argument with someone was because we were talking about spoilers on the other podcast. Because I'm actually, I, I, I'll put the cat out of the bag. I'm, I'm starting a fourth podcast this year, but it's going to be spoiler only. That's exactly what it <laughs> that's is. How, it's, hey, that's only your third one, right? Because my my solo yeah. one, yeah. Because yeah. the other one I do with Gary, but. Because I had this company reach out to me, and actually Adam Laframbois is the one who connected me. He's like, they were, they're trying to start a network of all 90-second podcasts. And I was like, that sounds ridiculous. But it's basically each day you get dumped like 
25 new episodes of like these 25 different podcasts and they're 90 seconds. Um, and they're like, you know, we'll pay you 25 bucks a week, but you got to generate 10 90 second podcasts a week and we'll pick the seven best and the drop every day. And I was like, I was trying to think what I could even do for 90 seconds. Um, and, and I, I had this idea and I was like, I'm not going to do it with this podcast, but talking to Duncan, uh, the producer of our podcast, He's like, yeah, if you want to do that, we can do that. He's like, I know you can do it. So it's literally just going to be me. It's going to be called like Scott spoils the world or whatever. And it's just like, I'm just going to pick them. So you know what's happening. And and the episode will just be whatever it is. I'll just be like, you know, like Indiana Jones three in this, 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 this happens. Uh, But it'll also give me a chance to like scratch that itch of just being a sarcastic prick. (laughs) And, and, doesn't your other podcast do that? A little bit, <laughs> but I, but they get annoyed when I talk about movies because uh, I spoil movies on that a lot. But it's like when you when you go to a restaurant specifically to get a rude way. Yeah, it, it's it's like like yeah. Well, because I mentioned, a, you know, spoiler for uh, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, and they're like, you can't do that. I'm like. They're like, what's the rule? I was like, well, everyone has a different rule. And I was like, I think our culture, people love calling someone out now about spoiling something. And I'm just like, it's really on, like, we don't need to be the guards of the world for everyone. If you're interested, and and, and there's a difference between intentionally ruining something for someone, because I've had that happen to me. But also, so Rise of Skywalker, there's a cameo in it, and I won't spoil it on here, but someone spoiled it for me again this year. And I knew it was, I knew it was coming, and it, didn't ruin the moment at all. And in fact, I think because I knew it was coming, it had a bigger emotional impact the first time. So like people like it, it, if, if a movie or something is spoiled by something like that, then it's not that good to begin with. Yeah. Cause the whole idea of spoilers when we were like the first time I remember it coming up was the crying game where they asked reviewers yeah. not to yeah. reveal it. And at that point it wasn't even, I don't think it was called spoiling. No, they're yeah, just yeah. like there's a there's like a thing at the end, and now every movie like because some uh, someone asked I me if I remember Billy Crystal or whoever was hosting the Oscars did a little yeah. fake out on that too. Yeah. He was sitting there thinking, oh, there's the producers thinking, don't spoil the ending, don't right. spoil the yeah. ending. Right. It was for crying game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then but, I think the next one was um, Six Sense. Yeah, like that's when it. Kind that's of, yeah. but now people expect it. it, but also people are like obsessed with it because somebody asked me the other day, like that, like a boss was coming out, and someone's like, "Are you going to see it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll go see it for the podcast." And they're like, "No spoilers." <laughs> I'm like, "How in the?" I was like, "I was like, I haven't seen it." Here's the thing: yeah. uh, the two ladies have a cosmetics company. Um, with a movie, like what's that? her name? It takes over. They don't like her. In the end, they get it back and defeat her. That's how the movie's gonna end. They're yeah. like, "What? What do you mean?" I was like, "Cause I've seen movies." <laughs> like, how can you spoil? Like a movie like that? How can you spoil? Something? Yeah. I, I well, people it. got mad. I, I had a bunch of people get mad at me about talking about the two women kissing at the end of Rise of Skywalker. They're like, "Spoiler!" I'm like, "It's not a spoiler. It's not a plot point." That's like, and if you don't know about it, like I caught it the first time, right? And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then after I saw it, then that's when I started seeing like a bunch of posts about it. I was like, oh, that's cool. I caught it, but right. I almost missed it the second time. Right. Yeah. Well, and for me, I was just like, just the fact that like, as someone who identifies as an ally, particularly of marginalized groups, I was like, 
it should be celebrated when it's in there, which is why I called attention to it. And I was like, that's as much a spoiler if I was like, oh, yeah, there's a scene where C-3PO's eyes turn red for a second. People are like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, it only means something if you've already seen the movie. And his yeah. arm's not red this time. No. Well, his arm wasn't red in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gold. It's so weird because there's... <laughs> so in the original trilogy, his right leg is silver, which that's one of those things that so many people like. That's a mandala thing. It was never that way. I'm like... I've um, known his leg was silver <laughs> since I was six years old. Um, I'm like, just because you doesn't didn't notice it doesn't mean it's a Mandela thing. Uh, 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 or Mandela. Mandela. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mandela is the stupid I coloring like the books for adults. <laughs> bear scene bears. <laughs> so you you, you you know the whole Berenstein Bears thing, right? I used to read the books. Right. Okay. So... How do you say how do you it? how do you say the name of the like the proper name of it? I, I say Berenstein. Okay. I spell it. You you want to write it down? Is is it B E R? Is it B E R E N S T I E N? So on the books, it's Stain. Yeah, it's Berenstein. It's it not is? Stein, but we've all all said Berenstein Bears, uh, but it's always I been that way. You and spell it like Bear instead of B E R too. Uh, but. People argue, they're like, nope, there's been a split in the time continuum, and they've all these books Ultimate changed. It, yeah, they're like, and like, these are like educated people who are like not having a goof. They're like, no, this is the mandala effect where it's all changed, and we all remember it one way, but mandala. it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know why I keep saying mandala <laughs> effect, but there's, they're like, nope, it was Berenstein Bears when we were growing up, and then some point. There was a rift in time, and all the books changed because we all remember it as Barons. I was like, "No, we were just fucking ignorant kids." Yeah. yeah. The other, the one that it refers to is people think Mandela died in prison uh-huh. in the nineties. Where yeah, so when he actually happened. died, people were like, "No, he's been dead for a while." They're like, "Yeah, no." That was like Abe Vigoda. Yeah, they had a website for Abe Vigoda. He's still yeah. alive. Yeah, until the one, he finally died. Yeah. The one I like is the cup of noodles ones, oh, where it's. It's ramen. It's cup of noodles. Everybody says cup of noodles, but if you look at it, it just says cup noodles. Mm. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize until 2019 that it's J.C. Penny, not J.C. Penny's. Well, it's the same thing with O'Neill's that you brought up last year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but and it's funny because I corrected someone the other day. It's uh, one of my favorite artists of all time, Elliot Smith. This is different, but so Elliot is spelled two L's, two T's, but whenever people, like, post about them, they always spell it with one T. And it's funny, because sometimes people will be, like, posting an album, like, it's literally written in the picture that you're posting. But also, as someone who knew Elliot Smith, not well, but I knew him, you know, we played a show with him at the Elvis Room years ago, that was the one thing he was like, it drove him nuts. It's not his real name. His real name is Steven, but he chose the name Elliot, uh, because he was a big fan of T.S. Elliot, um, and he chose that spelling and drove him nuts because, like, in reviews and stuff, people would always spell it wrong. So I was like, the very least I can do to continue his legacy is correct people when they spell it wrong. Because and, and people are always like, I'm such a big Elliot Smith fan. I'm like, are you, though? Spell it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same thing when people spell Wookiee wrong because people spell Wookiee wrong all the time, too. Yeah, how do you spell Wookiee? How do you spell Wookiee? W-O-O-K-I-E? Nope. There's two E's. There's two E's at the end of Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you spell check. Uh, I don't. It's weird because I I think now it'll come up, but for years it didn't because they're like it's not a word you're using. 
it's funny because this was this was the first year. Of course, you have an action figure in your pocket. Yeah, well, it's the new. The, it's the new yeah, Chewie. Yeah, oh, Chewie okay. retired. Um, I, and so I just pulled out um, the Boba Fett that I've had since 1980 out of my pocket. Um, so I have the you know I, I after the Last Jedi Can't I had see. Chewbacca in my pocket for 18 months. Yeah. And I and I've so warm. You know, it's been sitting against my my thick thigh for the last two hours and twenty two minutes. Um, but wow, he is well. Yeah, he's like gummy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, he's he's forty years old. Forty years, yeah. Because um, this year is the fortieth anniversary right. of Empire. I'm really hoping Disney re-releases it in the theater because I would love to see it because my the first movie that I remember seeing in the theater was The Empire Strikes Back. My daughter and I are currently watching it now. The little screws. Yeah, well, you know the whole history of the, yeah, the jetpack. Because yeah. did they actually make one? They did not. There yeah. are four. It's Mandela. It's did. true. There's because <laughs> there's people who's like, oh yeah, I had one, one of the early ones. I was like, never made it to retail. You did not, and unless I feel like you had to, you had to buy other action figures and send a proof of purchase. <laughs> that was how Boba Fett was first available because yeah. Boba Fett was made available in 1979, a year before The Empire Strikes Back came out. Right. And I'm, I, you know, the thing that I was referring to is that the non firing jetpack on his back because i was explaining this to jenna yesterday because she's like can i see it and i showed it to her because she's in her 20s and you know she her real entrance into star wars is the been the mandalorian like her older brother watched star wars but she when she was a kid but her older brother used to beat her up so she didn't have an interest in it yeah so because i gave her a bunch of my star wars figures and she's like so who's this and i was like it's boba fett (laughs) and she's like what's this on his back so you can even see like because it was supposed to be a rocket-firing yep, backpack. That, yeah. And then there was a Nerf gun that came out that year where a kid shot the pellet into his uh, little brother's throat, and he swallowed it and died. He suffocated. So that not only required toy manufacturers to put the contained small parts choking hazard thing on it, but Kenner was like, I don't want to – we don't want to deal with it. So they changed the design because it was advertised when you sent away for the figure. So were there any of them made? No. There were four. There were there were twelve prototypes that were created that they were going to make molds off of. Yeah, but this was molded empty, and they put it in and glued it. Right, right. but okay. it's not a it's not a full because they had already made the molds. So all they did was modify it so it didn't have the rocket firing thing. Because yeah, I remember the advertisement said that you would be able to. Yeah, and but nobody ever got it. So when people mailed ordered, there was a little thing. Hey, sorry, we said it was going to have a rocket firing thing for safety yeah. concerns. It doesn't. Um, but there are four prototypes that, that made it out that, cause it was only Kenner employees that had them and cause they were all instructed to be destroyed and a couple people like tucked them in their desk. Like, sure. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, threw it out. Yeah. Um, cause one sold in 2017 for $38,000. Um, and they're also in the, the, the biggest thing, cause I've seen plenty of being sold as fakes. Yeah. The, the, the easiest tell is. If it's painted, it's not a prototype because they were all just the grayscale. Because they're prototypes, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They don't they go paint. through the whole production thing, and they're not this color gray. It's like a whitish gray because it's it's the default like base color that all of the models are made of. They don't paint the the, the original ones. It's not the mass produced models, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, 
but yeah, so, but I was telling, when I was telling Jenna about it, I was like, I realized I made a tactical error because the next Star Wars movie doesn't come out for three years or two years now. And that thing's been digging in my leg for two weeks already. <laughs> so I was like, I, you know, what's the next Star Wars movie? They haven't said what it is, but it is Something's May 2020. Is it the Ryan Johnson trilogy or nope? No, that's there separate. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if that happens, because yeah. they have not confirmed, I could see that turning into a TV show on Disney. I hope so. And also the Game of Thrones guys are no longer doing a Star oh. Wars trilogy. So they are not saying what it is. The, 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 the buzz. Well, well, cause that's the TV show. Oh, is that, that a, that's a Disney plus with show you and McGregor or no with you and McGregor. Cause that starts filming in February. And cause a bunch of people are like, what the fuck, man, we got to wait for this. Just hurry up and shoot. I'm like, or, Take your time and make yeah, it worthwhile. Yeah, uh, don't rush them because the season two of the Mandalorian doesn't come out till September. So there's yeah, going to be no fine. new original Star Wars. Well, I think the Clone Wars, the next season, might come out this summer. But they're still doing. They're them? doing. They're doing two new ones because Disney had done, uh, which I don't care about, but some people are excited about it. But there is talks that after the second season of the Mandalorian, there will be a Mandalorian film, which eh, I think it works better as a TV show. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I feel like if they make a movie, it's just going to feel like a long episode. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick with this format. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they're, I, I honestly think they're not announcing what it is yet because they don't know. And they're just like, well, we'll secure the date and then figure it out. So. So you don't even think they're doing anything on it yet? <sighs> I mean, I think somebody at Lucasfilm has an idea, but I. I, I but at the same time, maybe they don't want to say anything to steal. Thunder from Rise of Skywalker. Right, yeah, they're very, like, they, I mean, they know what they're doing as far as, right. like, a- advertising stuff like that, because we didn't, we didn't know what the, I remember when we didn't know Rise of Skywalker was the name, where you're like, when like are we getting June, a name? Right? Yeah. Because I don't, I just, I, I think that's silliness. Yeah. Because it doesn't enhance your wanting to see the movie or, or anything. It's just, I don't know. Just creates buzz. It's just create buzz. Yeah, yeah but they're just very particular about how they buzz yeah. stuff. So anyway, we... I've got a play coming out in April, but I'm not going to tell you what it's called. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Is it The Fall of it's Skywalker? It's called Stage Play. At Seco Strap, it's going to be great. Nice. Um, Spoiler. So there's a couple other collaboration podcast episodes that we've talked about. Um, That'll hopefully come up in the first half of this year. So, hmm. yeah, um, and we'll, we'll 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 talk about that off mic because we don't want you know we haven't <laughs> consulted with Lucasfilm lawyers yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully that you know if you're still listening two and a half hours into this, oh thank God, you. This has been a long one, uh, not the longest one we've done, but uh, it hasn't. No, uh, two years ago it was just under three hours. It was like two hours and was 50. I involved in that one? Maybe it was just me. And, no, that was the Oscar one. I think I don't remember. I don't remember, but... Uh, the Oscar one was all three of them. Yeah, the Oscar one was... Yeah. I, I don't the remember. One, the one at Betty's. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't three hours. No. No, not that uh, one. It was a, It was one that we did at night, so... I don't know. Okay. But, yeah, the Oscars announcements are coming up next week. Right. And then, uh, so, I mean, maybe... We can do it. I'll try to chime in on that stuff. We could also, I mean, if, if, if we all... Because Bob just gave... Greg and I homework. If we want, we could we could double down. We could talk about the Oscars first, and then talk about yeah, that's what song and song. Yeah, yeah. We got to do our 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 uh, our, other one too, our, our yeah our top you, twenty of you owe me breakfast or something from last year. Yeah, from for one. the Oscars. Yeah, for the Oscars. Yeah, we had the bet. However, we can go wherever. However, <laughs> I was right about Green Book. Yeah, I still won though. Yeah, you still won, but I was right about Green Book. That's yeah. right. We owe you breakfast. Um. 
or lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can go wherever because we're not going to Betty's because I'm not doing I'm not doing uh, chili. I'm not doing nice. meat this year. So yeah. yeah. Which will make burgers with Bob very difficult, but there there are places that do decent veggie burgers. Are you done with me forever? I'm well. No, you guys I'm already a, said you were going to do one. Do one what? The cinematic adventure. Oh yeah, we'll you do a cinematic. Yeah. I don't. I don't have to get a burger. No, um, he said, "Are you done with him?" And I said, "No." No, he said, "I'm done oh. with red meat." Oh, oh, did you think he said, "Are you done with me forever?" Yeah. Oh no, no, he said, <laughs> "Meat, meat, no meat." Um, I, I mean. Who knows about it? It was one of those things. So the plan that I've been doing for the last year or so, like I was actually supposed to cut meat out for um, September and October and then go vegan November, December. And then with my road trip and everything, I was like, it's going to be too difficult for me to do it. And I don't want to set myself up for failure. I want to do something that I could do. So I was like, all right, January, February, I'll do no meat and then ramp it up to vegan uh, March and April. But then I was like, all right, I went 14 years without eating meat. And I'd been kind of dabbling with like the idea of doing no meat anyways. Yeah. So I was like, I can do 2020. I can do a whole year without doing meat. I'm probably not going to do vegan you for go back after doing a whole year. I mean, I went back after 14 years, yes. so we'll see. But I also, because I had never like really noticed the meat withdrawals and like the first couple days of this year, I was just like fixating on like i was like i want a burger i want this i want and i was like it's so ridiculous yeah that's because um, your whole your whole uh, diet is completely completely changed, changed yeah. too yeah and like and because i also realized uh one of the things that was like an okay snack for me isn't an okay snack for me so, which is just corn Chip. chips but no, no 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 um so i was like i'm just keep corn painting chips. myself into yeah like particular not because of any dietary thing but because of like because i'm because of the because the program that I'm in now, like oh, okay. they have to, like I have to sit down and I had to make a list of green foods, yellow foods, and red foods. Not color wise, but like what's okay. Like yeah. my whole relationship with it, and I Trigger realized, yeah, yeah, realized one of the ones that I didn't think was is. So I was like, okay, there's that. So, um, but I mean, it only works if I'm honest with myself. So I was just yeah. like, so I can eat sticks, I can eat shadows, <laughs> um, hopes and dreams. All right, that makes Toy sense. Toy figures? Can Toy you eat? Is plastic a trigger item for you? It is, but not not for eating it. It's just for coveting it. So anyway, this has devolved into complete silliness. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You're still listening. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you again at some point. <laughs>